MMR's President Seed Podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. Hello, everybody. WMMR, Philadelphia. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping, you want towels? Want towels. Need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want in for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR with Preston Elliott. You listen to every damn word. Steve Morrison. Words are like bullets. Plus. Casey Boy. Lay off me, I'm starving. Kathy Romano. I'm going to destroy everything you own. Nick McElwain. I'm just not the, the hero type. And Marissa Magnata. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And now, Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Sixers had a hell of a night last night. In fact, uh, Casey was there at the game. Um, and Nick, you guys, you guys were both saying it sounded like playoffs. Well, I was watching it from home. Casey was actually down there. And uh, the call of the game was fantastic. And the excitement in the building, you could feel it from the living room. It was just a re- and for a regular season game in February, for the place to go that nuts was, was fantastic. I'm going to play a clip uh, at the end of the game. Here we go. To welcome a member of the squad here in our studio this morning, George Niang is here. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, how was your hearing after all that noise last night? Oh my god, it's one of the best feelings to wake up to. (laughs) Right, ringing ears. Yeah, exactly. That place was electric last night. The the energy in there was uh, unreal. I didn't feel it from my living room couch, but I felt it from the the side. Uh, Were your seats better than mine? Uh, Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Was Mac sitting behind you, by the way, Mac McClung? Yeah, the okay. slam dunk champion, yeah. actually, not just Mac McClung. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, when you introduce, like, when you have to call somebody Lord, he has to, you have to put that in front of it was uh, it was a crazy game last night. Um, I, I didn't get I didn't walk in until the first quarter, and you guys were down at that point. You know, it was like twenty four to twelve, I think, at that yeah. point. And uh, and th- during the game, basically all the way up until the fourth quarter, it seemed like okay, this is just going to be one of those games where uh, you know maybe you just came out a little bit rusty. I heard that uh, Joel was a little bit under the weather. Um, it seemed like a lot of the shots that you guys were taking just weren't falling right. Yeah. And and the, some of the shots that they were taking. We're falling. Yeah. Like I mean, I was like, I can't believe that shot just went in on a bunch. Everybody, with the with the exception of Jaw, and um, and I actually got to talk to Doc in, in the hallway. It's it's and you've been playing basketball your whole life. Mm-hmm. It's that type of game where you 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 shrink the lead to like five six. And then the then you lose it, and it goes back to like ten or twelve. And then you know, and it's and I, I just as a fan was like, okay, this, they're just not going to be able to get past that that six points, right? Yeah. And then you did, yeah. And then you did. <laughs> That's what I was like on the bench. I was like, we're doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what makes it ultimately such a. It's a great game, but it's so frustrating. Is that uh, you know you get that little margin? It's like yeah. 
right. But that also leads to some of the most dramatic, dynamic moments in sports. Right. And yeah. in, the, in this city, people go crazy for those. Yeah. If you can perform yeah. in those small, finite moments, yeah. the city will build a statue. <laughs> I mean, gosh. I mean, you've played thousands of basketball games in your life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and to, uh, you, you know, you, you can sort of meter your emotions and stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't know how you meter your emotions in a game like, how like do last you? night. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't do a very good job. Did you see that? I, I did. Game? I yeah, got a little bit cool. chippy. <laughs> I didn't think you lost your cool that bad. No. I, you just I, got the ball back. Yeah, so. no, I just, you know, you... In that environment, it's that crazy. You know, your emotions are running high. You know, you you don't want to back down from anybody. Um, so How long does anger last for you? Is it like you get it out and it's over with? Oh, or? yeah. I mean, okay. that, I have to because I'm not athletically gifted to continue to keep <laughs> thinking about it. And if I think about it, someone's scoring on me, docs yelling at me, I'm coming out of the game. Wait, yeah. speaking of not being athletically gifted, I've, I've heard two different stories as to why your nickname is the minivan. Oh. <laughs> and and uh, one is that you're not quite a Ferrari. The other one, and this is a direct quote, because he's slow, unathletic, May not be the prettiest body on the NBA team, Jesus. but he's very efficient. Who said that? Who no, said that? I attributed to Doc. My mom says I'm built like Hercules, so I don't know what you're talking about. You're the, you're the best looking boy yeah, out there. You're just big bone. <laughs> no, uh, so when I was in Utah, uh, I had a chance to go up and dunk it at the end of the game, and uh, I didn't, or it looked very bad. So in the locker room, they were like, oh, what was that? And I was like, listen, I'm not like a Ferrari like you guys. I'm more like a minivan. I need a couple laps around the block before I get to full speed. And then the sideline reported, and she was like, the minivan, I love that. And then when I signed in Philly, I'm like, I should probably get rid of this minivan name because uh, Philly fans are uh, not forgiving when it comes to that. You could have upgraded to a crossover. Yeah, yeah like yeah, a G-Wagon yeah. or something, but it never happened, so we're here. So talking there about emotions and, and, uh, and, and keeping a level head, there was a, a a horrible foul call at the towards the end of the game on... Uh, I think it was called on Embiid. Yeah, yeah, that push that the guy missed the layup, yeah. He didn't push him. He well, They said he pushed him, so I guess he pushed him. <laughs> um, when you, I mean, and you're, you you play the game. It, yeah. It's it's your livelihood. Yeah. I know you don't want to blame anything on, on referees. And, 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 you know, it's like, don't let the referee, you know, yeah. dictate the outcome of exactly. a game. You know, you want to play the game in such a way that it doesn't even matter. But when a call like that happens at a crucial part of the game with, like, virtually no time left, and it really could have an impact on the game. So do you even think about that, or do you talk about the the previous three quarters where you, you could have done something about uh, it? You know, I don't think we really think about that. I mean, there's losers really dwell on, on stuff like oh, I'm that. I'm a loser. Yeah. <laughs> not Casey, not you. Come on. It, 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 the guy asked you a question today. An incredible loser. <laughs> no, uh, I mean... It's, uh, obviously, in the moment, it's like you probably want to use some profane language, and, mm-hmm. and but uh, I think the biggest thing is you just got to keep rolling with the punches. I mean, as you have seen with so many professional games, like three seconds is enough. Yeah, Seven, you know what I mean. So oh, you yeah. can't dwell on yeah. what's happening. You got to focus on the now because. These are professional athletes. They, you know, some of the best, you know, professional athletes you'll see in the world. And you got to just continue looking forward because eventually you can continue to give yourself an opportunity. And uh, I'll tell a short story because it, I feel like it kind of fits into what you asked earlier. We were in the locker room and Doc was telling us how, you know, Memphis feels comfortable. And, you know, obviously when you're comfortable, it's easy to make shots. He was like, you get this game to five points and see how comfortable they get. And then you right. look at what happened yeah. last night. Right. I was in my car driving home. I'm like, that... <laughs> That sucker was right. (laughs) Well, Tillman, for instance, Tillman had two wide-open three-point shots at the end of the game. 
he's one of the top three. Oh, De- Desmond Bain. Bain, Desmond Bain, Bain. Bain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not Tillman. Yeah. Uh, but Bain, he's like one of the top three-point yeah. shooters in the game. He's like, I think he shoots like, like 45%. 40, yeah. yeah, and he missed two wide-open ones at the end of the game that would have tied it up for them. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. You mentioned about keeping a level head and what can happen in, in, a, in a matter of seconds. I think that uh, basketball, more than any sport, uses the clock oh. uh, in a way to, to make things happen to where I've, I've counted games out, done, over, and there's, you know, five seconds left, and you can just change the it. The buzzer beater. It's yeah. unbelievable, yeah. man. What about, Case, r- remind me, the, the team that they played where the, the guy shot and the ball was still at the tip of his fingers, and so they didn't count, and... Oh, my won. God, Brooklyn. Oh yeah. I was like, what just happened? We made that, like, remarkable... I mean, obviously, when we play Brooklyn, it's a big game, because yeah. you know why, but... Um, yeah, I remember sitting on the bench like, did we just blow this? Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell? I mean, like, you hear the buzzer, you see the light behind the back No, I have no clue. Yeah. But, but, but it's live, and you're not watching the replays like we are when there's a million replays. Yeah, you guys probably know at home before I do, but it's funny, like, you should just see, like, Joel's reaction when things happen. He's, yeah? He's pure comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to watch all, all the, the different reactions, but we were talking about, like, when a call's made against you or... Uh, do you believe in in general everything evens out? You know, so you're going to get some bad calls. You're going to, yes. I mean, is or is do people sort of lip service say they believe that's the case, but don't? I mean, have you ever encountered a situation where you could where there was an aggressive slant against you guys? Uh, I, I can't imagine that would get by. For too long, you no, know. No, I mean, I don't think so. Maybe over the course of the game, you feel that way. But then, if you look at like the foul calls over the course of the season, right. they they even out. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't say I, I I feel like there's like you know kind of a slant with the officiating towards. I mean, they, they would eventually they're going to blow their gig if they're right. I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everybody wants to see Philadelphia win. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, well, I know I sure as hell do. I, listen, I loved at the end of the game last night when uh, Tobias was fouled. And uh, dude takes the ball from him, and you're like, no, give me the ball. I I love that. I love that attitude, and I love that you guys fight for each other like that. I thought it was great. And I do think that this squad is a very, like the Phillies were this summer, like the Eagles were this fall and in winter, like, it's a really likable team. Yeah, no, 100%. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing with us is bringing in a guy like P.J. Tucker. You know, you bring that pit bull mm. mentality. And I think he's kind of instilled that, you know, in all of us. And that what better representation of Philadelphia than being a pit bull, right? I hated that guy until he was a sixer. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you did as well. <laughs> What's it, George, what is it like being a, an athlete, a professional athlete in Philadelphia right now? Because, you know, the Flyers are, are what they are, but the Flyers, I mean, the Sixers are, are doing really well. Uh, you guys have won five games in a row. Um, you know, the, the Phil's coming off the World Series on the Eagles yeah. and the Super Bowl. It's It's got to be... From a, from an insider's perspective, because as fans, obviously we're loving it. But what's it like for you guys? Yeah, thanks to the Phillies and Eagles, they're really putting a lot of pressure on. Us. <laughs> yeah. We just have to make it to the finals, right? I don't want to leave the Union now because the Union. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they did too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, you know uh, it's it's amazing, you know, because there's a ton of energy and, and passion in the city. And you know, when I was in Utah, you weren't w- coming across you know fans that you know were passionate and, and 
telling you how much they, they love their team or how long they've had season tickets. And I'll be driving to the game and I'll see someone, you know, walking from like Market Street. And I'm like, wow, that is a lot of passion to get to South Philly from, from Market Street for the people that live in Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, there's just a ton of energy in the city. And yes, there's a lot of pressure because, you know, they are passionate about their sports team. So if you suck, they're going to let you know you suck. Yep. Passionate. Uh, That's yeah. the word. Passionate. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, I, I am, I embrace it. I love it. You know, I'm a Northeast kid, so I kind of understand it. You know, blue collar, hard hat city. So you got to bring it every day, and I think that's something that I can provide. No prima donnas allowed in this. No, season, no, no. And that's we've uh, we've said that years ago when we started doing this this radio. You don't, you can't act entitled to anything. No. If you show that you're putting in the effort and do it in as humble a way as you can, you'll be rewarded with loyalty like you can't imagine. Yeah. But you, you know, that's that's all. That's so did you, you grew up in Massachusetts. Did you grow up a, uh, a Celtics fan? No. I'm going to walk out of here and get hit by a car. Well, you, you, got, listen, you, have them on, you have them on Saturday night. Yes. Uh, and they, they're the top of the East right now. And, and they got a really, really good squad. So, uh, you know, how do you approach that game? Uh, you know, I think you, you just got to come in and, and try and impose your will. Um, you know, obviously they've been the top of the East. They're the team that came out of the East last year and you got to bring physicality and I think we got to get the energy of the arena um, in it early that's for sure mm-hmm. uh, George you host a, um, a podcast called the Big Yang Theory <laughs> I love it which like is that. a brilliant name by the way did you come up with that <laughs> no I did it right. <laughs> there you go back yeah. Yeah. Rob Rob credit to you on that one <laughs> do you like you, you, you seem like a natural on the mic you enjoy doing that type of thing oh I love it uh, my mom told me when I was growing up she's like you never stop talking I was like this is going to pay off yeah. <laughs> and you you're the best looking boy in the world. Yes. Uh, I was an only child for like 11 years of my life. Uh, obviously, you, your eyes are on the game right now, but uh, do you see past that and maybe uh, getting on the mic? As yeah. It, yeah no, that'd be I, awesome, right? Yeah, I would love to, you know, get into broadcasting, you know, if you let me come in and join your show. So, <laughs> or radio, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but like, I have a passion for it. I mean, it's something that I enjoy doing. I like speaking. I like talking about sports um, or any other topic that comes across my mind. But uh, I enjoy it. It's good. I mean, I definitely have an appreciation for all the research that you guys have to do. I thought you just came in here and talked. You actually have to know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> yes, or be able to fake it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know a little about a lot and not a lot about anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> George, I want to ask you, we talked about him a little bit before, but uh, Mac McClung, because he's a G League player, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, he, he gets signed to the contract with the NBA yeah. and gets to do the slam dunk contest. Uh, how well do you know him, and, and did you talk to him about that experience at all? Because it was kind of wild. And then he gets the trophy presented to him by Dr. J and he's getting all these 50 scores. It was, it was a, a really cool story. No, so my... my Obviously, I had known of Mac McClung because, you know, as basketball players, you watch like YouTube and you see this. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but this white kid that's just yeah. dunking yeah. everything and, and doing a that. short white kid. Yes, exactly. Six yeah. three and like and doing that at an elite level. Um, so when I finally got to meet him, you know, last night and, you know, we were just talking and he was just saying how much of an unbelievable experience it was to be out there. And it was super cool. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think we should take away like if you look at Mac McClung's stats down in the G League, he's like averaging like. A, a crap ton of points. He's shooting 50% from the field and 50% from three. And as a three-point shooter, I can appreciate that. I told him maybe he can just give me a little bit of his athletic ability. <laughs> Transfusion. Yeah. yeah. How much do you love the bang George Yang? Oh, his favorite. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's... it's uh, 
it fits. And uh, uh, Kate Scott's the best. And when, when she says it, and sometimes when I get film from our guys, and I, I'll just play it over after. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favorite spot to shoot from? I would say probably one of the corners, yeah. um, maybe the right side. Um, me and Tobias and PJ Tucker fight over that spot because, you know, when Joel and James are playing that pick and roll, mm -hmm. they have to help. So that's the spot that's coming for the shot. So if you see us, like, punching each other to get to that right corner, <laughs> that's why. So um, I did notice last night that you didn't get a whole lot of open looks. Uh, I thought the defense on Memphis was solid. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Embiid had 27, which is a little bit below his average, but he, but he fought for every single single one of those points they, they were pretty ferocious last night yeah you know memphis is a real gritty team um you know and they came in and they were they have been struggling they're missing uh their center Stephen m so they're fighting to win games to stay atop uh in the west um but you know i, I think the biggest thing that we did last night that was huge for us is that we persevered i mean yeah. like you said when you walked in and you're like oh it was 24 to 12 i was gonna ask you did you turn around and walk way back <laughs> no. out no you know how much yeah. my tickets cost yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 but we made it happen and uh, Memphis is a real gritty team and, and I'm happy that we, we kept persevering and fighting through. You know what's wild is as, as a season ticket holder um, like obviously the Sixers are my favorite team yeah. but it's the opposing team that really brings in a crowd as well. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like so yeah. if you they go on like a good game. Yeah they want to see a good game. So like last night um, for as much as my son hates Ja he wanted to see Ja play, you yeah. know, and and uh, and he's a. a That's know. very Philly of him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that prick. Well, uh, you play with Donovan, and that's my son's favorite player. And uh, outside of the Sixers oh, organization, yeah. he's a huge Spider fan. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, decent, decent enough guy. That guy. Yeah, no, he's great. Did you see how we beat him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did your son like that? Uh, he did. As a matter of fact, George. Uh, speaking of the break, um, you know, you're coming out of the break, and, and it's a, a sprint to the finish. There's a lot of games. Yeah. All of those games matter. Uh, but did you get to do anything relaxing on the All-Star Did you go anywhere? Um, you know, this is my seventh year in the NBA, and I've been... Uh dumb enough to make the mistake to go to like Mexico and party and then come uh, back for the last sprint and be exhausted yeah. so this year I did the mature thing I went home and I was oh, in uh, there you go. Massachusetts I spent some time with my mom and literally slept till 1130 every day wow. I was a real big did you organize your Celtics paraphernalia <laughs> I burned it right? <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you obviously uh, there are a lot of big names on the team and um, uh, when, when, you, when you're playing for a successful team uh, and you get fans that come up and they tell you that you are their favorite player. Yeah. You know, that you're the one for whatever reason they, they gravitate towards. That's got to feel just wonderful. No. I mean, you know? It, it's an amazing feeling. And to be appreciated, like you put a ton of work. And I'm sure like everybody does in their professional craft. You don't, you put a ton of work to be the best that you can be, not just for yourself, but also so that people can appreciate the things that you bring. And when someone says that, uh, it's an amazing feeling. I wanted to ask on the Big Yang Theory besides sports, when you do go to other topics, what do you find yourself gravitating to? What do you like to talk about outside the realm of sports? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, you know, I think with the amount of money that professional athletes make, I've always been enticed by other people's like investments, what they get involved right. in, and uh, me and Tobias have kind of gotten a bond. And if you guys don't know, but he's a big crumble, crumble cookie. cookie. Yeah. That's right. And who loves cookies he, more than yeah. the mini <laughs> He brought them by. Oh my god, they're effing awesome. They're so good. It, but it's, it's like trying to get yeah, into yeah. like a, a, like a, a fine restaurant to get. Sometimes there are lines. lines. Yeah. yeah. Surprisingly, I feel like the oatmeal cookie is their best one. Ooh. It is honestly. So Tobias.
I still bring them to the plane, but he has this theory. He's like, gee, he was like, every cookie, you don't have to have like four cookies. If you take the cookie and cut it in fours, you yep. can have four different cookies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're up to something. <laughs> He's right. He's exactly right. He came to our camp out for hunger this year, and uh, we do a food drive every year, and it's actually it's right across the street from the Wells Fargo Center. If you're uh, in town in November this year, we'd love to have you stop by because it's a, it's a cool event. Yeah. But Tobias stopped by, and he's just he's a really easy dude, uh, dude to talk yeah. to. He cares about this city. He cares about the community. And um, it's really nice to have athletes who love spending time in Philly, even when they're not playing for Philly or even when the season's over. Yeah, Tobias is not only a crumble cookie ambassador. <laughs> he's a Philadelphia ambassador. Yeah. And I, I think that's what makes him unique is he's been here through a ton, right? He was yeah. here when Jimmy was here. Mm. You know, now he's here. Uh, through James and Joel, and he really brings a ton of passion uh, to the city, and he does things the right way. And there's something that needs to be said about guys that you know uh, embrace the city and embrace their role on this team. Real quick, if you don't mind, George, somebody wanted to say something. Yeah, Chris on the line. Hey, Chris, real quick. Good morning, hey guys. Usually, good morning. Usually, I start with a dad joke, but I'll try to make this quick. George, I just want to say thank you. I took my uh, 11-year-old son to his first Sixers game uh, last week. I think it was against the Magic. And we went down to the tunnel to try and get autographs, and every no one was given autographs. But you came up to my son and you signed his shoe. Oh, and wow. I just sent a picture to Nick to his uh, email um, of you signing his shoe. He didn't know what to, he's like. What can he sign? I'm like, well, you're wearing your Jordans. Have him sign your Jordans. <laughs> yeah. so, wow, so he, I just devalued those Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not to him. You didn't. Now you're his second favorite player behind Giannis. So. Yeah, sign sign the other shirt up for me. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. That's he's no awesome. longer wearing them. He's no longer wearing them anymore because uh, you see, he's, you know, he's, he thinks they're going to be worth money. He keeps uh, looking up. He like Google how much are these Jordan ones worth with this autograph? <laughs> Did it say like negative seven dollars? You them. That is cool right, though. Chris, That's so, so cool. awesome. Thanks Chris. for the call. Man. Yeah, appreciate I, I it. Take the picture. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you got it. Look at that. Just saw it. That's awesome. Yeah, you can see my bald spot from the hang of it. I'm just kidding. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate As it. As we were walking in here, I, I, I think I overheard you saying you wanted to sing for us uh, in the studio. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> Casey, you know what? I agreed to do this, and now you're making me regret that. <laughs> Who was saying something about you singing? Was that Rob over there? Oh, my God. No? Uh, <laughs> Wait, is, what is it? Do you sing? In the shower. Oh, okay. <laughs> like everyone else. Oh, yeah. I don't All right. Great. Well, keep doing what you're doing, man. Everybody's loving it. Yeah, and uh, we appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with us here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having We'll me. talk to you soon. Gang, let's give it up for George. Yeah. George yeah. On the Preston and Steve show. And with that, we do need to take a break. So we're going to come back in a moment to stay with us. Hey, you want to hang out with your favorite MMR DJs? Check out the events and appearances page at WMMR.com. Come say hello. Plus, you might even win some cool prizes we snuck out of the building. WMMR.com's got all the where, whens, and what they're giving away. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back. And this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at Acme Swooping and Win Game.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. By phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, brilliant-cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14-carat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, this article, it's pretty fascinating. All okay. right. And uh, there's a guy named uh, David uh, Ancali, I think is how you pronounce his last name. So he opened up video after video of diarrhea this year. And it struck him that this is not what he expected to be doing for his PhD. What did he do? And he, he was watching videos of oh. people with diarrhea. Okay. Uh, Ancali, a mechanical engineering student at Georgia Tech who researches fluid dynamics. Oh, man. Is currently working to demystify the acoustics of urination, flatulence, and diarrhea. Okay. Like that. Like literally those sounds. And it's... And it's, it's actually pretty fascinating. So his team is training AI to recognize and analyze the sound of each bathroom phenomenon. In fact, research suggests that tracking the flow of our excretions could benefit public health. How so? Okay. Okay, I'll explain. And Kali and uh, Maya Gatlin, who create, they, they created a mechanical device loaded with pumps, nozzles, and tubes meant to recreate the physics and sounds of human bodily functions. So they created this thing to create fart, diarrhea, <sighs> pee sound. Hang outside awesome. Taco Bell. So they named it wow, okay. the Synthetic Human Acoustic Reproduction Testing Machine. Short for that is SHART. Yes! S-H-A-R-T. Yes! Do we by any chance have audio of what no. this thing's able to do? We don't. All right. But we assume that it's very accurate, correct? So, well, they're getting it there. So really? SHART is now preparing an AI algorithm to one day pick up on deadly diseases like cholera and stop an outbreak in its tracks, according to the presentation at last week's American Physical Society Annual Fluid Dynamics Conference. And Kali and Gatlin's uh, results haven't yet been published in a peer-reviewed journal, so they're still working on this stuff. But Thank you. So diarrheal diseases like cholera kill 500,000 children yearly, making them the third leading cause of child mortality worldwide. So it's a serious issue. I didn't know that. So the goal is to combine the machine learning model with inexpensive sensors and deploy them in regions susceptible to outbreaks of diarrheal disease. Uh, Gatlin. Ah! 
said, and as we classify those events, we can start to collect the data. It can say, hey, we're seeing an outbreak of lots of diarrhea. And then we can start to quickly diagnose what's going on in that area. Okay, I get it. Can't help but chuckle, but I but I, I certainly get where they're going with this. And Callie said, our initial focus for that year was really on flatulence and urination. Uh, he and his colleagues... That was a great year, wasn't it? We're trying to re- relate the sound of farts to the e- internal geometry of a rectum. Abnormal changes could mean cancer. They said after discussing what gastro with gastroenterologist, uh, we thought that it would be a good way to try a, for a non-invasive route. So one could divine the presence of cancer through flatulence, through the sounds. That is pretty so amazing. There, yeah. I'll, I'll get into. You just de- have to put your ear up really close. I will get into the details. So uh, the project soon expanded. They wondered next-gen toilets could do more than collect excrement. They could also help alert communities on outbreaks. He said that's uh, where acoustics came in. Sound is easier to analyze remotely than video or self-reporting, and it's less invasive or cumbersome than a medical examination. And the sounds of our outputs, urination, flatulence, solid defecation and diarrhea are distinct, apparently. The team realized that an inexpensive device and an AI algorithm could organize this toilet information. Yes? How elaborate would the audio monitoring system need to be for you, say, you're passively going to the bathroom? Right. I mean, would would you have to have like a a recording studio and and an engineer on the other side of glass? Or just a microphone would get it done? I think that's what would get it done. So they began by sorting through publicly available audio Audio and video of excretion of excretions. We could have helped capturing the frequency spectrum from each and feeding it into a machine learning algorithm. And their AI then learned from all that doo doo data <laughs> until it was primed for the shark machine testing. And the shark machine is a couple of feet wide. It has loads of nozzles and attachments. The team pumps water through the machine and records the sounds. They learned one word or two. The, they, they learned the physics behind the sound of each excretion and designed the device to stimulate those same dynamics. My mind is reeling. Tinkering with different attachments for each subsystem. Uh, and Gatlin said a lot of thought went into each of the sounds. There are uh, there was a subsystem for each sound on this little machine. Uh, their algorithm identified the correct excretion event. Up to 98% of the time. That's a pretty good ratio. Yep. Yeah. The team is also exploring the fundamental physics at play in the conference presentation. And Kali described how the team modeled uh, the sound of male urination. Uh, streams turning into droplets that splash in succession. Uh, if the geometry of the urethra changes, so did the stream and sound. And now I'm like calling... I my pants. <laughs> <laughs> And now Ankali is working with urologists <laughs> to use the same machine learning approach to detect irregular changes in urination and flatulence based on this idea. I'm going to guess that at the institute where they're conducting this, they are the laughing stock. I'm However, probably. if there is some yeah. legitimacy to this, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you could, uh, it's probably, I guess because no one goes there, they went there. And if they could use, get something that could passively this way determine, um, 
you know, if you're in a, a heading down a bad path, well, then that's good. Yeah, totally. Better medicine through farts. You've you've seen where you know people have seen a a posted photo of someone, yeah. and uh, their eye has a uh, yeah. a certain uh, 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 reflection in it, and people will go, "You need to go get that checked out," or, and they end up having cancer. Fingers, it happens quite often. Yeah, right? forget, wasn't it with the baseball commissioner or somebody had uh, there was it, his fingers at the end had become um, sort of bloated around his finger. Nails, and yep. that was a warning sign, and he got alerted to it. Exactly. Uh, they said self-reporting is not very reliable. Uh, they proposed that uh, changes. Yeah, I just had a hairy fart. Uh, I'm very was... concerned that I might have diphtheria. <laughs> no, sir. So, sounds kind of like that. <laughs> sir, this is a CVS. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you had if you held the phone up to your ass to yeah. fart. Hey, listen. Yeah. Okay. All right, listen. <laughs> Yeah, does that sound like diphtheria? <laughs> so I had no idea that that the acoustics of stuff that comes out of your ass, yeah, might Maybe. actually be able to tell a thing or two. You see the commercials for the um, Colo Cologuard, uh, Cologuard, yeah, what the uh, the uh-huh. coop box. You yeah. just crap the box. Yeah, he's a he's a talking box and yeah. he walks around and crapping me. His job is uh, for you to poop into him, and it's uh, to prevent colo uh, colorectal cancer. Okay, and uh, it's a it's a good ad campaign because it's a great way to get out in front of it. Prevention is key, and However, it, claim, it claims to be. Pretty accurate, yes. yes. I, I believe it is, but it's just uh, the concept of it's, a talking box telling me to poop in him, right. and then to me, for them to mail that box. And piss on me if you want. Right. I'm into all that stuff. And they go to, like, yeah. Steve, they're, like, hanging out at campfires. They're going, be my regular Saturday night things. You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing now. Get crapping and pissing, and then spank me. Steve, there's one at the beach, and they're hanging out at the beach. I've seen that. And the poop box comes up to the lady sitting in their lounge chair, and is like, hey, let's prevent colorectal oh cancel. This Fox wants me to crap in it. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it seems kind of weird. I, I it's also, very weird. Um, but I mean, <laughs> honestly, honestly, if that sort of... If that would be a precursor, if someone's afraid Seriously. of getting a colonoscopy, yes. and they were to do this... If this and, talking like, poop comes, box yeah, helps save lives... be your lives. best friend. Right. I mean, sometimes cartoons can save lives, and this poop box might do that. Do you guys ever have to do a stool sample at home? I don't think so. But just at the doctor. For, for, for pets, I have, not for myself. Yeah, we've yeah. had to a few yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I've done it for my pets, and I think maybe we should, as Jeep owners, we should do crap in a Jeep. Th- yeah, no, crap it in a jar and leave it on. That could be something. That'd be your new thing. Right? Like yeah. that a Jeep thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, joining no, the. They, uh, they give you this little. Um, uh, they give you this little insert for your toilet. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, and and you put it on there, and you just <laughs> sit down, you do your business. What? So you don't have to sit there with a jar under your your <laughs> exactly. <bottle>. Yes, okay. <laughs> Here, you got to aim yeah. really well with this jar. <laughs> All right, to make sure. Now they they have this You're little, making the run on Pearl Harbor. They have this little insert, and it's it's put on your toilet. You just sit on it. You do your business. The problem is, and I've had this happen because I've had to give one myself. Is if you have a big one. Oh boy. Uh, like there wasn't enough room. Like I. Oh, I look had to, at you! I had to stand oh. up. I know it was always a, bragging about his BM. It was an award winner. <laughs> it was a it was a good one. So there's something I wanted to to bring up. And is and, this a thing you were mentioning before? Yeah. All fair. All right. Yeah. So uh, this was a uh, a story that I read, and I, I wanted to get to it because it it just happened recently, and it'll, it'll go by the wayside shortly. But I wanted to see if uh, if anybody could chime in with with similar things. There was a woman. Her name is uh, Annika Nadine Hutzler. And she was at a Lakers game. I think it was on Monday night. And so she's a uh, she's a Marine Corps veteran. Lost her leg to a battle in a, in a battle with cancer. Uh, 
Uh, and she found herself on the jumbotron, and she made the most of her opportunity. So she takes her uh, she takes her uh, uh, prosthetic leg off, and then she poured beer in it and slammed the beer no. out of the leg. <laughs> As you can imagine, the crowd went insane. Sure. For this. And she was named like the fan of the game of and all this stuff. That's they, awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And and she goes by uh, Annika the Amputee, by the way, on uh, on social media. Uh, but I thought that was, if I had a prosthetic leg, you're damn right I would be drinking out of there that. There was thing. an issue with... Um and we talked about it years ago about the way people were bringing their own booze into the link and so on and so forth. And there was somebody had manufactured basically what appeared to be a, a fake cast no. in a sling okay. with your own arm discreetly hidden below it. That's cool. Uh, and that was a it was hollowed out to contain alcohol. So what I wanted to throw out there to the masses uh, for you to tell us what is the strangest thing you have ever drank out of. Um, because because there are rituals where you drink out of different objects. Oh yeah, uh, what's the uh, a lot of them have to do with sports and things like that. So two one five two six three WMMR. Uh, and then Steve had mentioned, because I mentioned this to him, he's like, what about strangest thing you've eaten out eaten of, out too? Of, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you've eaten off of a toilet seat before. I have eaten off of a you toilet seat. You had a full seat. breakfast yeah. off a toilet seat. We we ordered from Denny's, <laughs> and we had scrambled eggs and bacon and sausages. And that was because uh, they there was a report that came out that said that your toilet is cleaner than your kitchen is. Uh, and so I proved it by eating. Did up. you get sick? Right. No. I did not. And no. I ate off of that toilet seat at, at Y100 yes. that everybody used. Yes. Uh-huh. I think I wiped it down real no, quick. You, you would wipe down the table before you eat on it, right? Yes, but there are there are uh, specifically a lot of sports where you will have to drink out of something, and there's one in particular, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll wait to see if, if people do call uh, with a, uh, a story about that. 215-263-WMMR. I personally can't remember myself uh, drinking out of anything weird other than like, you know, big ornate goblets and things yeah. like that, but those are made uh, for, uh, uh, you know, obviously for uh, booze or whatever, for drinking anything. anything right. Out of. Same thing. I'm, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on anything unique that I've... Uh, well, anything, that, you know, obviously there are things that, that convert quickly or nicely, you know, then there, but a leg is you're going to have to go a good long distance to beat a yeah. prosthetic anything. Well, let me go to, let me go to Greg here. We'll start with him. Hey, Greg, morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, so uh, what have you, strangest thing you've drank out of? My brother, uh, I'm an Air Force vet. My brother's a uh, Navy vet corpsman. He lost his leg in Afghanistan. Uh, so at my wedding, my cousin's wedding, down the shore, we <laughs> constantly drank out of his leg. We're like, yeah, pull the leg out. People just look at us like we're strange. <laughs> Let me so let me beers. let me ask you, Greg. Did it taste? Did was there any? Did it taste different? Could you detect that there was? Um, uh, you know, did it taste like leg? Leg? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, like we cleaned it out first. You asked for a rag and cleaned uh, it out. There you go. Out. Okay. And then but start that, pounding back. Did you start? Yeah, t- we, we, uh, people would start coming over. And be like, yo, let me take a hit. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody yeah. will. Everybody will want to to take a, a drink out of because they're already drunk and they want to get a, a drink out of the out of the leg. Greg, do you think that there's a way? Would 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 he be able to like smuggle? 
you know. Not, not how it fits on his leg. Not how it fits on his leg. Something like where you can screw off like a, like a peg leg or something. Or right. All right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense now that you say it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, you probably do a flash out of it and have a, have a half of the thing cut through it. And, uh, All right. Okay. Peel it up and then sneak it through. I All right. You why not. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it, man. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, so here's what I was waiting for. A rugby player to call it. Yeah. So let's go to Andy. They are, they are yeah, well known famous. for doing this type of thing. Hey, Andy, good morning. Yes. Uh, so yes. I have uh, chugged out of a shoe. That's not the worst part. But then if you get the rugby song wrong the second time, you have to do something called an anal chug. <laughs> an anal chug. Oh, Sounds wonderful. All right. I think I know what this is. Yeah. So basically, they just dump the beer down one of the largest rugby players backs and you hold your cup under his butt his butt and uh-huh. then you have to chug it uh-huh. or you can or you can wear it but most people chug it what if it. you say no andy do they kill you like what <laughs> uh well so you either have to wear it you have to dump it on your head or you have to chug it oh there, okay. there's really you can't say no andy does anyone forego the cup and try to drink the runoff directly below the ass I've I, I've seen it. I have seen it. Uh, yeah, that has. That has happened. I've heard of another rugby thing. I forgot what it's called. And, and they they hold somebody up and they pull their pants down. They stick something between their butt cheeks and then they light it on fire. Are you familiar yeah. with this? That's called the flaming Zulu. <laughs> oh my god! I the flaming Zulu. They knew it right away. Yes, yeah, it's a it's a crazy culture, but very fun. Right, and it's Andy, usually like yeah. like a paper plate or something like that, or that's what I've heard of anyway. No, you, you use toilet paper. Toilet uh, paper. Uh, yeah. The Andy, flaming yeah, Zulu. Okay. Andy, my, my son's a sophomore in high school, and he plays rugby. At what point in his rugby career can I expect this to uh, happen to him? <laughs> well, so I had to do my Zulu. Not a so a flaming Zulu is when you score three tries in your first game in college, and then if you only score one, then you just have to run around the field naked. Okay. Uh, but the flaming is you got to do it with toilet paper lit on fire, and I had to do it in front of my mom. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, Hi, Mom. You have some, some great stories to share with Mom. That's I love awesome. it. Yeah. I, I love that. Thank you, Andy. That culture welcome, is so guys. much fun. Rock. Thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, all right. here. This one, okay, we're looking for the strangest thing you've drank out of. Let me go to Carly. Hi, Carly. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Carly? Yeah, so uh, my friend's parents used to collect really weird, um, I guess, Mexican-themed collectibles. And one of them was this purse armadillo. It was a hollowed-out armadillo <laughs> that uh, you could carry things in. Okay, so, so it was an actual, like, taxidermy armadillo? It wasn't, I guess, it wasn't taxidermied. It was dried up with the tail shoved in its mouth. So it was like a little handle the tail. Oh, my God. Oh, it was like a bowl, I guess. And we thought it'd be great. We took it off the shelf. And from, I think it was like sophomore year of high school on, we've just always poured our beers in that and passed it around and choked out of a... That becomes a thing. I, I can completely see mm-hmm. this, Carly, yeah. because that beca- there is... It's like it's like the any of those traditions. Like have you have you have you have you drank out of the armadillo? That's, right, right, you're right. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And and all of a sudden, it's uh, tradition. Is yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let me go to yeah. Let's go to Chris. Hi, Chris. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. You guys rock. Thanks, nice. Chris. Appreciate it. All right. What do you want to share? So uh, I, I worked at a place called the Blockley. I believe you guys did a couple of yes. Yeah. 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 I think a calendar shoot there as well. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. So we had an owner. 
and he had had a football injury, which left a dent in his head. Okay. And we used to take shots out of the dent. (laughs) Oh, my God. You would drink shots out of the dent in your boss's head. That's right. That is phenomenal. Uh, Nice work by you guys. Do you happen to have any pictures or videos of this? I need to see this. There is. Before I called, I checked YouTube, and there was some kind of a low-rate media group that came in and did a quick promo film about this phenomenon. So feel free to Google Blockly Dent Shot for uh, your Blockly Dent, Dent, Dent Shot. shot. All, okay. right. All right, we need we need to see that Blockly Dent Shot. All right, that's Chris. Kudos. Yeah. Nice job, bud. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, thank you, guys. All right, thank, thank you. you. All right, let me go to uh, Zach. Hey, Zach, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Oh. Appreciate it, Zach. What's up, bud? So, um, when I was at uh, Penn State, uh, one year for Halloween, uh, Buddy and I dressed up as uh, the Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And so we had, you know, the, the whole costume, which we then went and finished off by going to the local hardware store and got a couple uh, brand new unused toilet plungers. Okay. And uh, as the night progressed, people getting more drunk, um, people kept asking <laughs> to take a drink out of the toilet plunger. Complete strangers who... And we assured them that they were brand new, but they didn't know us from... Right, sure. You could have been lying to your teeth. Yeah. We're extremely trusting, and we had a ton of people taking drinks. I'll bet. I'll bet. How much beer would an average plunger hold? At least half a beer. I have one that's like a... um, It's it's almost like it uses like a a blast of air. It's like an accordion? Yes, Yes, exactly. That would fit a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That that would be more more than a pint, I would think. uh, Interesting. All right, thank you, Zach. Appreciate it. We'll go next to... Wait, there's one I saw here I really liked. Um... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me go to uh, Sid. Hey, Sid, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Sid. How are you? Good, Sid. What's going on, bud? Not much. So we were in uh, Dirty Frank's, of course, the best bar in the city on New Year's Day, (laughs) um, hanging with the mummers. And uh, I was a mummer at the time. And we were partying, partying. You know, everybody's just having a great time. And this guy walks up to me and says, you know, I'm really sad. My mom just died. I'd like to do a a shot in her honor. And me and my friends are like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's do it. So he pulls out her dentures that (laughs) he had hanging around her neck. And we all drank shots of whiskey out of her dentures. Oh, (laughs) my God. How do you even do that? Well, like where the gums would go. There's like a little place. There's a little canal in there. Right. Why are you so familiar with how dentures look? I have pictures, too. I have pictures, so maybe I'll send them to you guys. I've seen dentures before. That's what they do. They they, they have that little... (laughs) My (laughs) mother-in-law leaves her dentures. I know. I didn't get it, Casey. My mother-in-law leaves her dentures right next to the kitchen sink. You can't do that. I know you can't do that. That's where you wipe your ass. That's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Smokers. She was a smoker, too. Oh! All right. All right. I think I would have rather exhumed the corpse and, and drank out of her. That's right. horrible. Uh, going back to the previous caller with the dent shot. So I found the video. It's a, it's called the dent shot at the, the uh, Blockley Poorhouse. The guy in the middle here is that guy Zane Lamprey. You remember him? We yeah. Had him on, used to have him on the show quite a bit, and he did um, three sheets that TV yeah. show where they go and get drunk and then you know deal with the hangover the oh, next day. Yeah. So uh, apparently Zane Lamprey was at the Blockley when they were drinking a shot. Out That's of the, wild. The manager's head. Yeah. I used to love that show. Yeah. Um, we're watching video of this. Yeah, so Steve, it, it's on the side of his head. Right. So where I guess they had to remove part of his skull or something like that. And wow. he's got a dent and so he lays his head sideways <laughs> and they put, they put up a little pool of booze in there and then you drink it up. 
Oh my god! Oh man! They used to do like belly shots too, right? Like belly shots were very common. Like uh, girls' belly buttons. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Body shots. There were body body shots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember doing that. Uh, Let's see. We did the. uh, We had the uh, the living sushi plate. Remember, we had the. uh, It was all the rage in in Japan for a while. Yeah. They'd serve the sushi on a naked woman. Let me go to Mike. See, hey Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. What's up, Mike? Hi, Mike. (laughs) Good. Uh, So I was in the military most of my adult life. I did 10 years in the Marine Corps and 15 in the Army. Wow. And I was was in the artillery branch for both services. And we drank a thing called artillery punch. (laughs) And we drank it out of an artillery shell. Uh, Well, two of the ingredients that go into it are a pair of panties and a pair of dirty socks. Oh, my God. Jesus. you're not really supposed to drink it out of the shell, but we ended up doing it. It was also the night that I passed out into a uh, bonfire. No. You oh. passed out into a bonfire. Did you? I assume you got hurt. So, face forward, dropped like uh, yeah, like Rocky hit me. I dropped right into the bonfire. The guys had to pull me out. How quickly did they get you out? Did you get burned? Yeah, no, no. It happened so quickly. They pulled me back uh, right. and uh, threw some water on me. But uh, yeah, mm. I didn't have uh, you know what? The, next the the panties probably were bad. That yeah, must have that's what, what it caused was. it. Hey, Mike. <laughs> That probably was it. But, yeah, you can look it up. It, it, it's got a lot of booze in it, artillery punch. Hey, <laughs> hey Mike, good times, right? <laughs> yeah, good times. There you go. Good times. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Falling face forward into a bonfire. bonfire. Yeah. Well, by God, the way, our, time. our next guest, Christopher Titus, yes. he, same thing same happened thing. to him. Yep, yeah, that's right. right. Yep. All right, he's going to be uh, on in just a little bit. In fact, we got to take a break here shortly. Yes. Uh, let me go to this call, though. I'm going to go to Kevin. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Sorry you guys are bothering me at work. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that, sorry buddy. That. What's up, Kev? <laughs> so back in, uh, this is pre-9-11, back in 95, we were on spring break in Florida, and I had bought a four-foot bong <laughs> from some smoke shop down there, and we didn't smoke out of it. So we're bringing it back through the airport, and we're on the airplane from Florida back to Philly, and here I am sitting with a four-foot bong between my legs. So I had the stewardess fill it up, and me and my friends were taking shots out of it. Oh, my with God. The little, with the little mini airplane bottles, the looks we were getting from people, it was hysterical. I guarantee you they would not do yeah. that now. They would, no, yeah. absolutely yeah. not. Just the size alone, a four-foot four bong is huge, Kevin. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is, my friend. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate wow. it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've drank out of a bong. Uh, and one of the, sometimes a punishment was to drink bong water. Oh, God. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I mean, just immediate vomit. What about, was it John, oh, the imaging guy at Y100? Did somebody accidentally take a swig out of his? Dip spit? Dip spit. It happens all the time. It happens. It's horrible. You just want to die. Mm-hmm. I right. want to drink out of a dented head. Anyhow, this gal uh, was uh, the toast of the crowd that night at the Lakers game. Yeah. She drank yeah. out of her prosthetic leg, but I knew that we would get some very uh-huh. interesting stories. So thank you guys uh, for the call. Stay with us. This weekend, 93.3 WMMR says farewell to 2023 with our annual countdown of the year's biggest songs. 
the MMR Top 25 Countdown. A two and a half hour look at everything that rocked Philadelphia in 2023. Great tunes from veteran bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, and even the Rolling Stones. The newer artists like Jelly Roll, The Revivalists, and Mammoth WVH. Gadget New Year's Eve starting at noon with an encore presentation New Year's Day at 3 from the station that's ready to spend another year playing everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Gary Barbera's on the Boulevard. Is Barbera the best? Boy, I guess. We are stoked because we had a last minute addition what? to our lineup today. <laughs> Ladies what? and gentlemen. Uh, I give you a <laughs> He's going to be a punchline uh, tonight. Please welcome TJ Miller. Hey. What's I'm up, man? I'm so excited, you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm at the Punchline yeah. this weekend. Both the early shows are sold out. Uh, only late show tickets. All right, tonight and tomorrow? Yeah, tonight, two shows. Tomorrow, two shows. Get there, guys. You're going to see my... Dave Franco's here. I actually did a movie with Allison Bree called Search Party, <laughs> um, which no one's seen. No, yeah. But not even Allison or me. So we're excited <laughs> to see it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's really fun. And then, you know, Dave Franco did his uh, his uh, now you see me trick with the uh, credit card. Yeah. yeah, and the thing about me is I don't need a credit card. Oh, oh, oh my God! He's headed over to the balloons. And he oh! falls over his hands. I didn't even see that happen. Yeah, listen, that now just happened. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you can see some magic like that where I hand pop balloons. Wow. You're like the punchline. You're like the honest Houdini. I am. This is how I did it. I like that. Yeah. The honest Houdini. I want to say, I have to say this because I was in an Uber going back to the hotel, but I got a call that you guys would be interested in me coming on and popping balloons. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and my Uber driver, Jeffrey, who loves swimming and is a full-time <laughs> sales rep for Sleep Number in the KOP uh, uh, mall oh, in Russia, yeah. which he together. said to me, listen, that's why he loves Steve. Oh. And he said, you have great taste in interns, and he thinks you're just such a cool guy, such oh. a good dude. Wow. And so I wanted to shout him out. I think That's he's awesome. Nice. right now waiting in the parking lot, because he and I are friends now. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was so fun. And he, he said, which one's the bald one? <laughs> and I said, I'd see you. And he said, hey, okay, I like that guy. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That's yeah, so that was so good. And guys, I love the how are number. you? We're doing yeah. great. Well, we were just saying, I was just watching you the other night at uh, Deadpool 2, and I said to my wife, I swear to God, talk about this synergy of life. I said, he is a legitimate, she asked, what, what's he like? So he's le legitimately funny yeah. at his core. And yep. that's and the secret to marriage, lying. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to give him a line of crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I started as a stand-up comic, and so, I, you know, I so enjoy films. I'm working on another Christmas movie. I was in Office Christmas Party. Which was, was so fun. Yeah, so complete fun. carnage. That movie is messed up. I mean, that movie is messed it's up. It's almost <laughs> sociopathic. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I don't know that for me. There's a lot of cocaine and, uh, <laughs> and more cocaine than eggnog, I think. <laughs> which is what every Philadelphia Christmas is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I'm working on another Christmas movie. I'm excited about that. But, um... <clears throat> 
More importantly, I, I started as a stand-up comic and an improviser, and so it's f- so fun to be back. And the Philly crowds are great. I was actually surprised that uh, I'm, I'm selling so well. But then I then I thought about it. I go, well, Philadelphia is not going to stop partying until the game. It's, <laughs> right. not like, it's not like anybody yeah. in Philly is like, you know, I get really got to rest up. <laughs> and so I'm so, so excited. And uh, my buddy who's opening for me, CJ Sullivan, who's got a great gambling podcast. You can catch him on um, Instagram at CJ Sullivan was taken. Um, but so he's helped me with all the prop bets. But I'm actually, uh, my family on my father's side, they're all from SEK, so Southeast Kansas. Okay. And I've, I've made a lot of money off of the Chiefs and their past Super Bowl wins. But, you know, I came here. We're not doing that. My father, uh, he called me and said, so where, where's your money? I said, Father, respectfully. Uh, you're from Kansas City. Okay. Southeast Kansas. Um, but, yeah, I'm in Philadelphia, so you can go yourself. Okay? <laughs> and uh, and then he hung up. He, he, he hung up oh, you used an expletive on him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had to. And I, as you can see, I do my own uh, censoring. You did your own censoring. Yeah. That was bizarre. Well, I'm sitting here looking radio, at so listen, mother... Is this is what has to happen. Mouth, wait, let me point this. His mouth is continuing to say the words, but yeah, he's blanked exactly out on right. it. That's hilarious. I get it wrong, and I bleep out the mother. <laughs> and I haven't been invited to back to uh, quite a few radio stations. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. And it's, you know, Philly, it's like you guys are, it's like Jeffrey said, you guys are really uh, serious as a heart attack about your sports. And it's been five years. And what I was saying was, you know, people are talking about, oh, well, the Chiefs and, you know, their defense and Philly's going to run it up in the beginning of the game. And I think there is something about, it's been five years, and Philadelphia, the Eagles know how important this is to the city. Mm. And so does Philadelphia, New Mexico. (laughs) That's a big one for them. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't go to uh, Philadelphia, Brazil, which is a very dangerous city. We were so concerned. They don't take their sports as serious as a heart attack. They just have heart attacks. They just have heart attacks. I'll tell you what. So, they went to Philadelphia, New Mexico. Every the other uh, Philadelphia's at least had a structure, a sign, yeah, something. Right. This literally was just desert. It was a, it was nothing. A, one security camera yeah. in, in a desert, and you knew and somewhere you was a meth lab. <laughs> when I mentioned New Mexico, Kathy looked at me and was like. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, well, I mean, what else are you going to do? Let's make math down there. Uh, and so, you know, I think that it's going to be um, a lot about that. It's yeah. like the team. And I think, you know, you can talk strategy all day in the past, but it is just about this game. The whole season took us to this yeah. moment, to Sunday. And I think that it's going to be really about that. And I think it always is. And the Chiefs, when they won their first one in so long that I put a lot of money on because a, uh, a felon <laughs> who uh, owned the comedy club in Kansas City, who was a Coke dealer, who's also a Coke head, because you, you can't. Can't be one without the other. This right? is a Christmas story. Yeah, this is a Christmas story. <laughs> he he died. He's a huge Chiefs fan. He died right before they made the Super Bowl, and so I really went for it. And I, you know, and I'm I'm so pleased about that. But they needed it and wanted it and got it then. And this is what's going to happen for the Eagles. Oh, you know, I like they, your thinking. Like that. I like like thinking. You're raising your hand. Yeah. Well, let, me, so let me call you, uh, Kathy. Did you? Have to say? <laughs> no? Okay. Go ahead. Nick. All right. Uh, so I'm glad you brought up cocaine and office of Christmas. Party. Because I, I think that that movie, uh, it kind of slid under the radar. I watched it again this holiday season. Uh, it is bizarre. And a lot of really funny people 
show up in that movie. And then, out of nowhere, Jimmy Butler's in it. Uh, and yeah. he used to play for the Sixers for a little bit. I think he was on the Bulls at the time. He was on the Bulls, yeah. Yeah, so um, I had no idea that that was coming the first time I saw it. Did you get to spend any time with Jimmy Butler? I did. It was so bizarre. You know, you give a kid that age $105 million, <laughs> and yeah. uh, they're hard to talk to. <laughs> but listen, he's a nice guy. It's just, you know, those guys got an entourage. And I'm friends with Mark Wahlberg, and he's obviously the original entourage guy. Yeah. But Jimmy Butler, you know, they got an entourage and the, the, the power. I mean, now we're really talking about it. Um, but the sort of power dynamic is really off. And those guys, that's that, that was their ticket. That's, you know. Yeah. It's everything. And, and it's their job, too. And it's their job to kind of let him berate them or tease them or joke with them or whatever. They kind of have to do it. But he was a really nice guy and very... Um, uh, very down to earth for someone in that position, but yeah, it's a strange thing. And I think what's always interesting to me is that um, you know sports guys—they kind of want to be. He was really excited to be acting mm -hmm. and be in that thing. Um, just like uh, they say, comedians. A lot of comedians want to be, be rock stars, yes. and vice versa. And I find that a lot of rock stars want to be. I mean, John Mayer is trying to do sets as the comedy <laughs> seller, and everybody's like, "Whoa, John Mayer!" Two minutes in, and they're like. Whoa, John Mayer. <laughs> but I never wanted to be a rock star. I definitely didn't want to be a, uh, a basketball player. But I kind of want to be a football player. Not on the field, but if I love, wouldn't it be fun to be on the bench with the Eagles? That's like the only time when you're not on the field at all. But if you're in the Super Bowl, everybody's like, oh, my God, you're on the bench. Well, how are those seats? Well, you could be like, like a walk-on, like the Vince Rapati. Like you talk about Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Invincible's is the story. Of, of, right, exactly. So that you're the next chance. Chapter. I can't wait <laughs> to do cocaine with Nick on the bench oh, during the Super Bowl. That'd be great. It's going to be so Monday. great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. All right. TJ, All right, I, I have a question. This is a perfect segue because you mentioned about comedians wanting to be rock stars. And uh, so from a movie of yours, um, uh, she's out of my league. Yes. So your your character, Stainer, plays in a band called Adult Education. It's a tribute band All to notes. All Notes, Philly right. band, Philly group. And at one point you you end the song and I just this cracks me up every time and you throw your arms out and and do this kind of are you are you doing a Jim Morrison thing there because that's what I thought when I saw it it's I thought kinda, you were being it's Jim got Morrison. that well I think you know that character just is so out of touch <laughs> with how lame he can be right but yet he's such a good friend there yeah. it is yeah. and yeah it's a Jim Morrison thing because we were joking about how with the hair with everything I kind of looked like him at that point right okay. and I think he was trying to do that. I mean, that's an example, you're absolutely right, of a guy who's like, if I could be a rock star, I would be such a hit. I would be yes. so successful. Yeah. And we all know that guy who's like, dude, you know what? I was going to go, I was going to be huge, but I hurt my pinky. <laughs> yeah, I just, I couldn't make it happen on the guitar. And that's, that is absolutely what Stainer is, for sure. Okay. But yeah, and I, I'm, I don't know, I think being a rock star seems like a lot. Being a stand-up comic so great, because all you need is your mouth. Just you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just you going up and doing it. And I was doing, I have a, well, I have a special right now on YouTube called Dear Jonah, and it is amazing. Dear Jonah. It is so wonderful. Dear Jonah on YouTube right now. And the reason I say that, it's so funny to say um, that your special is, and I say that, I mean, yeah. it is incredible. And the reason is because I went to film uh, all of my material that I was doing during the pandemic, because I, um, I don't know if you know this, but the pandemic did not happen in Florida. Oh, 
And it was so strange that it kind of skipped Florida as a state. And Tennessee didn't really hear about it. Right. Uh, but Florida didn't even go there. And so I spent a lot of time during the pandemic performing in Florida. And um, I built up this kind of pandemic set. I was going to go. I was going to do the uh, the special because, you know, now it's like it was going to be a little bit less relevant. And I went to, I actually filmed it in Tennessee, went to Nashville, filmed the special. And the second show on Friday... Which is always the worst special or the worst uh, of all the shows. Um, the audience was amazing. Yeah. And as soon as I get out there, I go, this is it. This is the audience. This is the special. And then some guy <laughs> in the front row oh, starts man. heckling me. Oh, no. And so, and it was a weird kind of heckling. Okay. It was sort of supportive. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so drunk. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And then I do he's another bit. He go, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, I've had that experience. Type <laughs> thing. Oh, and so God. I'm sitting there going, what is going on with this? And um, and so I said, just ignore him, just ignore him. And then I couldn't. He wouldn't stop talking. He's like a, a comedy notary public. Like he's validating your yeah, yeah, notary yeah. Exactly. <laughs> wax seal on every single joke. <laughs> and so I finally said, "All right, I got to deal with this guy." So I turned to him and I kind of asked him about his cargo pants. <laughs> and immediately, it's clear he is not a drunk heckler. He's not drunk at all. He is uh, special needs. Oh my god! Development and chat, whatever. Oh, right. And oh, I called. Okay. Uh, you know, I I said, uh, and then my neuropsychologist, because I have a neuropsychologist because I had a brain injury and brain surgery in 2010. They took out a golf ball sized piece of my frontal lobe. We'll talk about we, that. We, we, talk, we, talk, we had actually talked we about that. We have talked about that. Yes. And so with the neuropsychologist, she goes to me, she goes, we don't call them that anymore. We call them intellectually deficient. Right. And I said, what? That seems worse. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that. Yeah, That's yeah. like, you're not slow. You've stopped. Yeah, yeah. But so this kid was uh, special needs, right? And he was in the front row and and he was a huge fan, and he had come because he had seen me before in the back. And I think a lot of comedians would have ignored him or said, "We got to get him out of here because we're doing a special." But because I'm me, and I started as an improviser, and every show you see me in is going to be different. Right. I always I interact with the crowd. I talk about what happened during the day. Last night I talked about going on South Street, and on a Thursday it was a very sad experience <laughs> with empty <laughs> condom stores and bring your own cheesesteak hookah lounges. <laughs> it was a different type of experience yeah. for me. And um, and so I kind of incorporated him in the show. I talked about it. I said, you know, he gave this long um, explanation of why he wears cargo pants, but he doesn't keep anything in the pockets, but he just likes the way they feel. And I said to the audience, I turned to them, I go, I want you guys to know that I am not going to make fun of him at all. Yeah. And the crowd went crazy because they were like, oh, this and then he interrupted again. So I, uh, I incorporated him and slowly he became a part of the show and then the best part of the show. And then he was getting the biggest laughs and his name is Jonah. So the special is called Dear Jonah because it ends up being kind of a love letter That's to wild. him wow. because I was able to lift him up and sort of make him the star of the show. And what was so great is his high school counselor uh, messaged me and said, I saw the show. Uh, I saw your special. It was so funny and it brought tears to my eyes and I just think he's just going to love it so, so much. And it was great because what it showed was I set out to do my sort of pandemic special
show. Yeah, yeah. And what it showed is that's not what I'm about. I'm an improviser. Every show is different. I'm interacting. But I'm also a kind guy. I mean, <laughs> and I love this guy. And yeah, and he, so he, and yeah, yeah, here's a, you guys got it up on the screen. That's Jonah. And it kind of everything that I was going to do with the audience, I did with him. And it was so, so wonderful. Ah. And so you got to check out the special. And, uh, and I sell, yeah, and I sell peanut butter and hot sauce also. <laughs> That's right. So, how, how much of your your intended stand up went out the window that night? You know, a fair amount of it, and yeah. I kind of did most of what I wanted to do. But like I'm saying, so quickly I realized, like it's not about me anymore. It's yeah. not about this material that I prepared. It was about Jonah, and that was so so fun. And then now I have another has special. He, has, he, has he seen it to this point? I, I assume so. But another important thing for me and my wife Kate and I talked about it was that it was the show. I mean, that's yep. what the special is about, and it was the show, and so it isn't about, you know, hey, Jonah, what do you think? Let's do the... It's, it, the, it's, the show is for him, and the special is for him, and so I know we'll cross paths down the road, that's but amazing. Uh, I think he's going to love it. Well, it's yeah. also a good reminder, too, um, when you encounter somebody like that that might be a little bit different, to take a pause and just wait for a second and not uh, jump on them. You know, we had um, Adam McKay on the show the other day, and Adam yeah, McKay has so an essential... He's great, but he has an essential uh, uh, tremor. Which makes his speaking pattern just a little bit different and a little bit off. And people were texting and saying, you know, what's wrong with this guy or whatever? And then I, I, I replied to them and said, well, he has this thing. And their immediate response every single time to a, to a, to a T was, well, don't I feel like an a-hole? Right, right. And I think getting out in front of not feeling like an a-hole in the first place by just... You mean at all. Yes, exactly. Yes. What I mean. <laughs> yes. Or uh, I mean, he's skirting around. It was caught what it is. <laughs> but yes, yeah. And your experience with Jonah was uh, better. And then the, the special was made what it is because you took a pause and were kind and approached him in a, in a way that was uh, respectful. And I thought well, the other thing was interesting is somebody said, "Well, you're not going to put him in the special, are you?" And I said, "Well, that's crazy." Yeah. Because the idea is that if, if it was anybody else, well, yeah, they're going to be in the special. And so that was another thing was like not kind of treating that any differently. And I had, I actually was at the Mohegan Sun where I won quite a bit of money in crabs. Can you guys tell that I gamble? Exactly. <laughs> um, Norm McDonald and I were close because of that. Um, well, Punchline is right across the street from the casino, so you're good to go. Yeah, no, that's a problem. No, actually, you know what? We're not going to the casino because I everything is about the Eagles this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Everything right. is about them. I you're- took the money line. I don't want any of this spread stuff. <laughs> Let's watch them kill. Okay, and um, and so I, I I was at the the Mohegan Sun, which is the casino in upstate New York, and I had a couple come up to me. They'd just seen my show, and they said, "TJ, TJ, we don't want to bother you, but we just want to tell you we loved your special." And I said, "Oh, thank you so much." And they said, "Our daughter is special needs, it's the same kind of deal, and uh, we just we love it so much, and we we're going to show it to her, and she's just the star." of our neighborhood and every time she goes to the grocery store and um, his wife actually said, you know, my husband is is really kind of shy and our daughter has kind of brought him out of his shell. Mm. That's and I why. thought that was so amazing. And so we talked about that and they said, they go, you know what? It's not enough of a part of the conversation. 
And and we're talking about everybody else, and we should be, and all of these sort of groups that deserve more attention. But they just loved that I sort of focused in on that and that I was able to sort of do it um, in a way that was respectful and kind. But I was still joking with him, yeah. and he was still joking with me. And he got in the end of the special. It's so funny because I go, have you seen my HBO special? And he goes, you know, I, I kind of made it through about 20 minutes. <laughs> and it was just perfect. It was so funny that he was like, kind of like, yeah, I didn't care for that. I record this show. And, and, so, and it was just, and it was one of my favorite things that has ever happened because this special, again, Dear Jonah on YouTube, check it out. And please comment because a lot of the comments too have been so great to hear people say, well, I never seen anything where I was laughing and at the end I just felt better. And I just thought that was great. So it's one of the most rewarding, coolest things I've ever done. How long has it been out? It came out in September. Okay. It's passed a half a million uh, views. And I just think what's cool about it is that it's, I've done a lot of films, a lot of television, a lot of stand-up, HBO special, Comedy Central special. And this is my favorite thing that I've done. Wow. I have another special coming out um, in the spring, and it's called The Philosophy Circus, and it's a lot of my uh, circus arts, a juggling, terrible ventriloquism, uh, all that kind <laughs> well, of so stuff. So that's how you can believe yourself. You're a ventriloquist as well. Yeah, yeah. watch this. I'll do Nick, right? <laughs> Where can I buy cocaine? That's <laughs> um, <laughs> uncanny. That's uncanny. You didn't even see my mouth move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like Charlie I saw McCarthy. your nostrils flare. That's for sure. Um, but you know, and I'm excited about that. And that shows a whole different you know thing that's going on with me. And I'm shooting a special in San Diego in about three weeks. Oh my gosh, I feel like that guy who's on right before this. And uh, and I'm excited about that too. That's much more personal. It's about me. It's about the time that I accidentally did heroin, and then the time I accidentally did cocaine. <laughs> and um, and I'm so excited about those two specials because I'm really really doing well, stand up right now. But Dear Jonah is just unlike anything else. We're going to look for that. That's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Okay. Everything's going to be on YouTube. Now. Yes. Everything's yes. on YouTube. What's the meaning of the Gentle Giant as a, the, the tour name? So uh, the next special is called the Gentle Giant, and that's about how I have this kind of personality and this persona that is so huge, and people have such large opinions about it. But you'll see that sort of gentle nature in Dear Jonah, and this special is also a lot about, you know, the brain surgery and all that kind of stuff, because I think it's kind of time to have a special where I talk um, a little bit more about me. Yeah. And then in in after the special, after the Gentle Giant, I'm going to go back to what I do, which is improvising and riffing. It's great. And so, you know, you see me, a lot of people say this, they'll come up to me after a show and they'll be like, was all of that, like, riff? Was <laughs> yeah. any of that material? And I go, no. Because for me, live entertainment is about that. It's if you paid and you took your time, you got the Uber, you got the babysitter, you decided that this was going to be your Friday night, then I want it to be just for you. Yeah, that's I great. want the show to be just for you, just for that audience, just that night, because they can see me on, you know, on on the screen whenever they want, all right. the time, and so that's so important to me, and not enough people do that. And uh, the I call them the New York uh, white guy mafia, <laughs> but uh, Ari Shafir, Mark Norman, Shane Gillis, those guys were on Joe Rogan. They're all on mushrooms, so I don't blame them for this. <laughs> but they're and they said, you know, TJ is the best at riffing. 
and maybe in the world. And I don't agree with that. Uh, but I, <laughs> it's nice to hear that. It's nice to hear, but it really is what I do. Yeah. And so I want to come back to that. And a lot of the clips that I've got online sort of show that, and there's going to be a lot more of that. But that's what I want. I want people to come and say, look, I love his jokes. I love all that stuff. But I want to come and see a show that I know is just for me. Well, it's all sound. made up on, yeah. the, on the spot. No, you said I do a lot of empty condom store jokes this, <laughs> this weekend this in tour. Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. People are just genuinely enthused and excited to get out and just be a part of something. So yeah. I think you're going to have, uh, you know, uh, good shows. Yeah, it's over been great so Absolutely. far. Thursday yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. I had a middle-aged gay couple that said that they follow me around the country. Wow. And I said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking over to see what's going on. No, it's been great. And Philly crowds are always so fun. And you're right. There is an electricity, of course, yeah. in the city this weekend. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I'm actually going to watch the show at the Fillmore. And the punchline is also having, they're right across the street from each other. It's in Fishtown. Yeah. Which I said to Jeffrey, I go, um, it's, it's really on the come up. He goes, no. It is on the come up. And it was really the same thing that I said, but he gave it more emphasis. And somehow that was cooler. Um, but so we're going to the Fillmore. We're going to do it there. I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between the punchline. But we decided, we said, if we're going to do this, we got to be around. Because C.J. Sullivan's uh, uh, buddies, you know, he's going to watch at his house. And we said, we need to be around Philadelphia people. We need to be in the crowd. We need to do it. And then we need to go to Broad Street and possibly get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to hang out for it. I'm greasing the poles. Yeah, dude, yep. yes. Or you know what I do sometimes? When they grease the poles, I wipe them off. <laughs> Is that what you do? Yeah. Very I, got, I want people to climb up those things. Oh, yeah. You are you're a loose cannon. <laughs> I'm a beast. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, TJ's uh, show. I am on the come up. <laughs> you're on the come, come up. up. Yeah, the come up. <laughs> uh, only the late night uh, shows that's are there tickets remaining. So that's tonight at 10 o'clock and tomorrow night at 10 o'clock and go to punchlinephilly.com. This has been one of the awesome parts of the week that you showed up here today, I love man. It's it. Awesome. I, I got to give a shout out to Allison Bree because I did do uh, the film search party with her and she is so good. So yeah. you, everyone should really check out that film. I'm going to watch it tonight probably. I'll be intoxicated, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can still I'll turn still it on. see the electric chemistry yeah. between them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Come and see me live right. and uh, I am going to plug my peanut butter and my hot sauce. Do it. What are they called? My peanut butter is TPB&J peanut Better. Okay. It's available on Amazon. We've got dark chocolate coconut, Ooh. cherry chocolate, which is real dried cherries, honey roasted peanuts, and milk chocolate. And then my favorite, toffee crispy, well, like which chocolate. is toffee, milk chocolate, and rice krispies. Mm. It's the best peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yeah, it's so good. You eat wow. it right out of the jar. Okay. And then I have a line of hot sauce you can get. That'll be on Amazon soon, but it's on my website. TJ Miller does not have a website.com. <laughs> All right. Oh, good. I got kind That's of a good. nice like look that. from I Kathy. Like yeah. You always worry that she's going to look over and go, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> don't bring up New Mexico. Yeah, no, yeah, it certainly will not. And, uh, but yeah, check those out and uh, and check out Dear Jonah. As, yeah, you know, as I talked about. And uh, guys, thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. It's so nice. You know, I I just I love being on the radio where it's fun and it's moving and it's great because I so often <laughs> am on the radio uh, in Philadelphia, New Mexico. And those guys, it's all dead air. I mean, those mother. <laughs> they know nothing. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. TJ We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. The MMR app can't remember your Wawa order. 
But it can pair with your Bluetooth or Apple or Android car system. Streaming us right into your speakers. Oh, and if you could grab us a meatball shorty and an iced tea, that'd be great. Thanks. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at AcmeSwoopingAndWinGame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. He's on the line now. I'm very excited uh, that he and his co-host or co-performer Headliner, yeah. uh, is going to be uh, at the Man. It's a Saturday, September 9th. Uh, it's called the One Fine Day Festival, and it will feature Shaggy and our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sting yeah. to the show this morning. Woo. Sting, good morning, sir. Uh, see the audio where I don't hear you. No, you're in the wrong place. Oh, I thought, hang on a second, saying my fault. We have you now. Thank you for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. Good morning to you. Nice to uh, finally speak to you after, you know, I'm a longtime fan and always excited to have a chance to uh, to chat uh, a little bit. And uh, and especially the fact you're coming to town uh, with Shaggy and what a great pairing and what a great relationships the two of you have had. I remember the first time that I heard that you guys would be working together. I'm like, does that work or not? And then, of course, the proof is in the pudding. You hear it, um, you know, with uh, the reggae roots that have been a part of your uh, your music uh, threads throughout all the years. It just, it seamlessly fits. How were you guys introduced to each other? Was there mutual appreciation and then you had the higher ups or did you just kind of stumble into each other? You know, my manager is called Martin Kirschenbaum. He used to be Shaggy's A&R guy at the record company. And he had a feeling that he and I would get on. I think in just in terms of humor. Okay. And, uh, we met, and it was like when you meet one of those people you feel you've known your entire life, mm. and it just sort of seems very easy. We laugh at the same things. We laugh a lot. And music is just, it just comes out of that joy of being together. So uh, we've been together now like six years, and it's a very unlikely uh, combination. People say, Sting and Shaggy, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious as, as to what... It works. <laughs> I'm curious as to what, you know, Jamaicans, and, I, and I'm going back to the early police when you really had that that uh, uh, that reggae vibe, which felt very fresh, mixing it with kind of a punk flavor and all that. Um, yeah. What, what uh, people who had been grown up on reggae thought about that? Did they, did they feel weird about it or did it just make sense? Have you ever heard that from people? I mean, been- we were three white guys from England, but, you yeah. know... 
Britain has had a, had a very influential West Indian community since the late 40s. And so they brought reggae, they, they brought West Indian music, you know, they, they run the health service, they run the transport system. So we value our, our West Indian community. And, of course, I was exposed, first of all, to Calypso. Uh, every night on the on the TV, there was a Calypso singer singing about current events. And then it was Scar, and then it was Blue Beat, and then, of course, Bob Marley, who was a massive influence on, on my life. I, I met Bob a few times. He was a man with a great deal of kind of regal dignity. Mm. <laughs> you, you, and, of course, music was just so powerful for yeah. me. You know what's interesting about reggae and about the, the artist we had, the... Uh, um, the, the woman who sang a Girl from Ipanema, you know, which is not technically reggae, Astrid, but, yeah. but anything of that Eclipso or that kind of music tends to be um, time defying. It always seems relevant. It, it has it always has a, a sound that just cuts through everything. Do you find that as well? I, I do as well, and it's, it's what I try and inject into my own music. I, even though I've written a song, you know, 40 years ago, it, I still want it to be relevant now, and a lot of it does, but I think it's because it's based in a rhythm that is infectious. And it's, it's not kind of it's not about fashion. It doesn't go out of fashion, that kind of music. I mean, you're, you, right. you're, you're very proud of, in fact, you just received, I, I think it was the fellowship of the Ivers Academy. Am I getting that correctly for songwriting? Ivan Novello was probably one of our most famous songwriters in the 20s. And uh, it's my my favorite award. I think I've got about ten of them. They're beautiful little statuettes, but it's a songwriting award. And I've I've been given the fellowship. Um, and, and the next thing is uh, it's posthumous after that. So it's the best thing. I can do <laughs> yeah, it's a little bleak. <laughs> Sting, did you ever did you ever write any songs as a kid? And if so, do you remember that first one that you would technically call a song? Yes, I did. Um, I did write songs as a kid. I, I had no idea, how, you know, what I was doing, really. Mm -hmm. But I was actually very influenced by Buddy Holly. Mm -hmm. You know, he was one of the first pop stars who wrote his own songs. He influenced the Beatles, definitely. And then when they started writing their own songs, they were kids from Liverpool. I'm from Newcastle. It's a similar working class seaport. I thought, if they can do it, I can do it. And a whole generation of English kids behind them got permission, if you like, to try the same thing. And some of us were lucky. You look back on, on music like Buddy Holly, and when I hear it, I hear it as very simplistic. It's, it's basic, but it is clever. And is it more complex than we see it as songs like that, looking back? I mean, Buddy Holly and the Crickets. It was a very sophisticated band, but it had, you know, it's the hardest thing of all to be simple. Mm. It really is. It's difficult to, to you know, pare it down to its bare essentials. But Buddy Holly and the Crickets, my mum used to bring those records into the house. And so I, I lapped them up as a kid and uh, it, it went into the bloodstream. I was reading an article about you and your process of songwriting. And, I, and it, it seems to be um, very, um, very much akin to the way a novelist or a screenwriter would set to writing a song. Is it that you, you, you sort of you see characters and, and a story in mind? Is, is that a correct assessment? You know, I tend to write the music first. 
And I think when you when you frame music in the right way, it already has a kind of narrative. It has a mood. Uh, you know, some people see colors when they hear music. I see stories. I see characters. I see situations. And then I write backwards from that. Mm. So the music comes first, largely. And then the song kind of suggests uh, a refrain or an idea. But the music is what feeds me. I know you wrote um, Every Breath You Take. You were at the uh, GoldenEye, the Ian Fleming um, estate, which I, is a dream of mine to get to as a massive Bond fan. Um, so so um, on that aspect of it, of, of being um, seeing things visually and, and, and seeing characters and so on and so forth, and that song in particular, is it wild that a song that is clearly is wonderful but is also has elements of being disturbing that that eludes a lot of people sometimes uh, you know they'll present that as the as a love song i think it's the most played song on radio i think it holds that distinction as being the, in, the most in often the of american in the history of american radio that's the most played song i wrote it in 1982 in goldeneye on the north shore of jamaica and the house formerly belonged to ian fleming as you say he wrote all the bond novels and i would sit every night at his desk he wasn't alive at the time <laughs> right there's something there's something um, ambiguous about the song as you say it's kind of romantic but then it's got a dark side just like james bond he's uh he's our guy <laughs> but he also kills people right <laughs> right the- so i think that's that's the power of the song it has that double edge thing um you know what i love about your live shows now sting is that <clears throat> your music has evolved and you've you've taken some different directions with your um uh the composition not the composition but the uh, orchestration and, and how you present the song um and and i guess that's part of a, of a musician's life because i go back to there was a recording i had of you uh the first time you had made your own demo of every little thing she does is magic was on strontium 90 and i love that version it was just you and i think like a djembe or some type of a drum and a guitar and i, I have it on some of my playlists uh but that song obviously evolved into something else what you got to the recording process and now you play it completely different uh uh, as well when you do it live. Do you have fun with that? And and do you want to make sure that you have, that, that the audience is, is there for the core of the, the original version that they might know, the recorded version? Look, my job every night is to sing a song I may have written 40 years ago, but f- to find something new in it. Mm. So incremental change that I haven't discovered before. So it's a journey of discovery every night. And I always do. There's something, maybe the audience doesn't notice the change, but I, it's an organic growing thing for me. And that's, that's what keeps me interested. That's what keeps me in, in, in the job. You know, it's, I'm looking, at, you know, I'm still a student of music. I'm even a student of my own music. I'm surprised sometimes that I, I, I knew something at the age of 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it, it, I, I'm fascinated by, um, you know, not being a musician, but I'm fascinated about anybody who's creative and gets excited by, by, by the process and about their particular process. And you, I, I thought this was interesting, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but we always hear that um, artists and uh, rock artists or whatever, pop stars, uh, people who write music for a living, have a their proverbial drawer of songs that they have half started and never get and go back to and revisit. That's not that's not the case with you as much, though, is it? You don't have do you, do you keep a, a large archive of songs that you took a pass at and will return to? It's my understanding you don't do that. 
Well, I do actually. <clears throat> you know, at sound checks, we uh, explore the, the material that we haven't played in years. And I, I have a great archive, archivist and my guitar player, Dominic Miller, who seems to remember every chord we ever wrote. And so he, he'll suggest something and then we, we figure it out again and go, wow, that's, that's pretty good. We should put it in the set. So the sound checks are where we explore that. But you know, when people come to see us, they want to hear the hits. There's yeah. no doubt. They really do. And so I always give them that. But at the same time, I'm looking for a little incremental change in the arrangement that they maybe won't notice, but I do. And the band does. Ah. Mm. Sting, my favorite uh, television show on TV right now is only Murders in the Building. And to see you on that show was a, a cool surprise. How did that end up happening? Are you friends with Steve Martin and or Martin Shortley? How did they end up casting you as you on Only Murders? Well, I have to point out that I simply wasn't acting. You know, that's what <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised people think it's a comedy. It's a serious drama. <laughs> it's you for crying out loud. It was it was hyper sting, not the regular sting, but it was hilarious. Those two are very naughty. They give you a script, and then it's nothing like what they do on the on the set at yeah. all. So you really have to be on your toes improvising. The the first time I saw you on screen as an actor, a friend of mine was a diehard police fan, and and so he turned me into one. And uh, this movie was coming out in the eighties called Brimstone and Trickle. He's like, "Oh, Sting's in this movie. You need to go see it." I'm like, "Wow, I'm really excited about it." I left that movie going, "That was disturbing. <laughs> that was messed up." But it's got to be fun to play odd characters, strange characters, devious characters from time to time. I think sometimes uh, it's, you know, I'm quite a shy person. I'm not an extrovert person, but being on stage, being in the public eye allows me to rebalance that. Mm. So once I'm on stage, I'm not shy at all. If I walk into a room, I don't expect to be the center of attention. I really don't. And most people in my position are like that. Is the stage different than in a room with a camera and a handful of people? Yes, it is. I okay. mean, you have you have more control on the stage. I can do whatever I like. The film set is is the director's medium, and you're and you're there to to to, to work for him or her. But uh, yeah, I'm very I'm very at home on the stage in, in the theater or you know on, on my own stage. Um, I wanted to ask this question: uh, Sting with a, uh, a career is, which has lasted as long as your, yours has, and and maybe looking back from time to time, there's a you know sometimes in Instagram people will post throwback photos and so on and go, oh my God, look at me, look how I look. Throughout your career, if you were to take a look back at maybe some of the fashion choices Mm -hmm. or styles that you have gone through, which one would make you roll your eyes and go, oh my God, I can't believe I wore that or oh my God, I can't believe I looked like that. All those choices were impeccable. (laughs) (laughs) There was no fault at all. I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) I mean, I'm surprised by how much hair I had at some point. Masses of uh, Are you excited to uh, to find out what they in the Dune series what they're going to do with uh, Fade Rautha's character since you played that in the uh, the original film? Yeah, I, I, I saw the, I saw the uh, the remake and I thought it was a very very good film. It wasn't as camp as ours, but mm. uh, certainly a good film. I look forward to seeing the the sequel. There, there, there was something really charming though about that uh, about your version that both Steve and I really appreciated, and, and we've read the books and, and we're familiar with the source material. But I, I yeah, it, it had a different flavor to it. But there was something I, I thought unique and interesting about that presentation. I remember being in a rubber suit in Mexico City in the height of summer, and it was like 98 degrees every day. I I, I went down 140 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, the the word.
word is, and they're talking about it now, they're, they're, they had released an extended version of it at one point, and that David Lynch's original version even exceeded that in, in length. Uh, have you heard anything about that? Do they, do they ever consult you about that stuff, or is it long ago? They don't have to ask my permission anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to a reminder, those uh, who are not aware, uh, Sting and Shaggy are headlining the One Fine Day uh, Festival. It's coming to the man on Saturday, September 9th. Uh, Sting, I want to ask about a, a piece of equipment that uh, I, I saw you in the um, reunion tour with the police. And uh, the bass guitar that, that you do when you are playing bass, because you'll go between bass uh, and uh, guitar, uh, the really old beat-up bass, that obviously is something you've had for a long time. Can you tell us about that piece of equipment? It's, it's a Fender from 1954, so it's three years younger th- than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what, one of my orphans. I, I really like beat-up basses. Mm. There's something about those old basses. There's a growl, there's a, there's a, there's a feel, there's a soul to it that a factory-made uh, bass does not have. So that, that, that thing was built on a lathe by Leo Fender himself wow. and the pickup wound by him. It just feels like a, a soul. Are you a are, are you a collector of instruments? I have maybe three or four fenders. I have a couple of classical guitars, but I'm not one of these okay. outrageous collectors. No, I'm not. I have what I need. Very good. Get it done. When, when did your uh, Sting? When did your um, fascination or interest in jazz, because jazz figures prominently into uh, into your your music style and and what you've done over the years? When when did jazz first catch your ear? You know, when, when I was a kid, I was like fourteen. There was an older kid at school. He heard me play the guitar, and he said, "Do you like jazz?" I said, "I don't, I don't know." He said, "Listen to this," and he, he gave me um, an album of uh, Thelonious Monk ah. playing live, just playing solo in Paris in 1960. He said, "Play this every night when you do your homework. You won't like it at first, but after a while, it'll grow on you." And it, it, it worked. After three days, I started to understand that very complex harmony that most people think, "Ah, oh, yuck," <laughs> but for me, it's, it's uh, milk. I love it. Aren't you uh, blown away by the amount of people that you can find? Uh, you you know, you mentioned Thelonious Monk, and obviously you've played with some of the greats like Herbie Hancock and Omar Hakim and Brian for Marcellus, and the, the list goes on and on who all you've performed with. But uh, when you can go onto YouTube and find a, a 15-year-old who is playing virtuoso music that I, I, I thought that, that, that it was once-in-a-lifetime type of people, that there are more insanely talented musicians out there than we realize. I think that, that YouTube is such a, a, a teaching tool. You know, you, you can access almost anything. They tell you how to do it, and, and it's remarkable. You're right. I see it myself. I see, like, bass players, stuff that I can't even imagine playing. It's so exciting. As, as, a, as a former teacher, you know, you talk about the ability to, to learn from, um, uh, you know, from YouTube and, and, and pick up uh, that uh, information from earlier artists. I have heard, and I kid you not, in the past six months, eight months, various uh, audible books or biographies or people in, uh, talking about Carl Jung and synchronicity, and they reference mm. you specifically as the conduit for getting them into that. That's got to be pretty uh, pretty satisfying on your side it's true you know and the, the recent film the oppenheimer film the, the the director cites me as the first time he'd ever heard that that word oppenheimer he, he was a kid 15 heard the song in russians wondered what an oppenheimer was and then 
There you go. So I'll be expecting to make a speech at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to that. Hey, so uh, this one fun day festival is coming up in just a few weeks. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you and Shaggy are headlining. But it's two stages. And I'm <sighs> looking at the acts on this stage. you got Thundercat and Coffee and Tank of the Bangas and uh, G-Love and Special Sauce. That, that is a, uh, you know, Philly Local, born yeah. and bred um, a band. Uh, how much say do you have in putting the this bill together? Because this is going to be an amazing day of music. Well, Shaggy and I curated it, and you know we wanted it to to reflect our, the the width of our musical taste. You know, it's very very eclectic. Very important that G Love and Special Source are there because, as you say, they're a Philadelphia band. Great music city. We needed to reference that, but it's really a fun day. It's really about fun, and and you know the end of the summer, and uh, we want to make a memorable one fine day. That maybe we could do it again next year. Another fine day. <laughs> Another fine day. <laughs> no, it, it's a tremendous. Honestly, it's it's such a cool vibe in this lineup is stellar and uh, Preston's right you and you and Shaggy just jive so yeah. well together and yeah. have, have you guys ever played the man before um, you as, as an artist what you know in, in whatever iteration you know I've been everywhere else I've never been to the man before. Oh. you know I started in Blair and the Clock Theater and everything in JFK Stadium, but I've never played the man. So I'm excited. I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm sure it's going to be great. We're starting to get cooler temperatures. So this is going to roll around just in time. So, uh, Sting, an honor to have you on. Very much looking forward to you being back in town. And then, uh, you're going to be playing a solo show in Atlantic City a little bit further down the road as well. So, uh, lots of gigs in our area, but, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done over the years. And we're looking forward to you and one fine day and Shaggy and the whole event. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. God bless you all. Take care. Stay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. How cool is that? That's oh awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you, did, how do you think you <laughs> so did? Cool. You're, hey, he was so nice. Super nice. He's, the, again, the, the biggest compliment you can say is he was Sting. He's exactly what you wanted him to be. Yeah. Wow. And he said that... Uh, the thing that we were talking about is called a mix and chop, and you can get it on pamperedchef.com if you want to <laughs> chop up your ground yeah, beef. Ground beef. And yeah, you'll be able to fine, do that. Fine, fine. Uh, wow. That was cool. That was so cool. Okay, so you have talked to yeah. Paul McCartney. Gary Lauer. <laughs> Gary Lauer. Gary Lauer. Paul McCartney Sting. Paul McCartney Sting. <laughs> um... I've talked to, spoke to Getty Lee and Alex Lyson. And Alex Lyson. Are you Amy talking Grant. about me? Yeah. And Amy Grant. Ethan Embry. <laughs> Amy Grant. Are you t- asking, like, who's left? Who's left? Who's on oh, your that's list? That's a really good question. You ever talked to Ringo? How about Marshall no. Warfield? I've never spoken to Ringo. I've oh seen my God. Ringo. From Night Court? <laughs> Is she still alive, Ross? No, that's why it would be oh, tremendous. Oh, man. It's never going to happen. but Paul McCartney only once, right? Yes. So that it would probably be again, right? Yeah, she should probably do that. You yeah. want to make good so that he he was referring to you as Kenny at that time, right? That's right, yeah. And uh, he probably thought I was just a little whoopsie-doodle. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you terrible <laughs> is this. It's the worst interview ever. Don't you compare? Uh, I think we still have a shot at Marsha Warfield. She's alive? Yeah, she's, she's alive? alive yeah. Oh, oh great. God. Yep. Oh, wow. We should call her up and tell her that we thought she was dead. Yeah, that'll be a good opening question. <laughs> wow. Um, Since you, were, you seem like you've been doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, this show looks awesome. This it show, does. This one fine day show at the at the Man. It looks and really cool. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, no. Nick. I'm glad you brought that up about the other acts, Casey, because I, I wasn't going to ask in the chance that maybe it was curated by someone else and then they said, hey, Sting, do you and Shaggy want to do this? And maybe he didn't know who G-Love was. Clearly he knows. Yeah, let's bring that up. He, clearly he knows G-Love, so that's What's awesome. What's your name again? Pushed, Piston? What is it? Piston? Piston you're a moron. 
Uh, I was at the man last weekend for a couple of great shows, and there's a band on this one fine day show called uh, Tank and the Bangas, and I've never heard anything about them, and they've uh, appeared in my life twice today because they are one of the bands that's opening up for Dave Matthews Band at the Gorge uh, next weekend, and then they're going to be back. They're going to be in Philly opening up for Sting and Shaggy, and I have no idea what Tank and the Banga is, but now I want to check it out. All right. You know Excellent. what? Uh, see if you can hitch a ride with them back from Washington. <laughs> yeah, you get to know them on the way. You guys have got room in the van? <laughs> wow. All right, well, listen, um, we got to take a break because yes. uh, time is a running short. So we'll return and we'll get into some bizarre file stories. Stay with us. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning MUMMER costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Uh, we'll start with a tragic story. Get this out of the way. All right. A toddler died after a boat ferrying more than 30 villagers across the Shire River in Malawi uh, was attacked by a hippopotamus, Whoa. causing it to overturn. Uh, the 23 passengers, uh, 23 of the boat's 37 passengers oh, were missing and feared dead in the water, which is infested with crocodiles and hippos. But more likely, people probably drown. I mean, there is yeah. in the river. Yeah. Uh, rescuers are continuing searching for the missing persons. Uh, da- it's dangerous to cross the river, and accidents are common. A spokesperson said it's too dangerous because the river is too shallow. And in this river, there are crocodiles that most of the time attack people. Hippopotamus uh, also cause incidents like the one we're dealing with. So well, We've pointed out many times that they kill more people in Africa than any other animal. So yeah, apparently they uh, they will they can snap a canoe in half yeah with their jaws if they need to. So this one attacked the canoe and and people fell and it's uh, terrible. All right, little uh, lighter nature story. Uh, the Deluke family had an unusual guest appear at their home. It was a moose. A moose. Yes. Why don't you forget the moose? For a moment. The family's so many moose stories. motion camera alerted them that they had an unexpected visitor making a ruckus outside their house. I'm going in there and I'm going to make a ruckus. Uh, the Sherry Herschler said uh, we hosed her down with the help of the fire department. Oh, she, yeah. She was, yeah. She was tranquilized and loaded into a truck. Uh, Mass Wildlife State Deer. She's like flash dance. And moose biologist Martin Fian said the approximately two-year-old moose is recovering and is expected to be fine. Uh, he said she's doing pretty well. She did also have a pretty bad case of winter tick, which can be lethal. And she's pretty lethargic from it, uh, but will recover most likely. I mean, again, that's another animal that can murder your ass. Oh, yeah. A can of beer, a semi-automatic pistol, and a dune buggy were factors in a deadly confrontation in Florida on Friday. A Florida man allegedly threw a beer can as a dune buggy passed him, then fatally shot the driver after a confrontation. So the guy who threw the beer can shot the driver. Uh, the alleged That's shooter. That's bad cricket. 
Wallace Manon Kirkland uh, was standing on the side of the road with his wife and their neighbor when another man drove by in a dune buggy. Kirkland either, quote, attempted to or did throw a beer can over the vehicle as it passed, leading to the confrontation between the driver and Kirkland. Had there been any exchange up to this point? Well, yeah, they have had exchanges They'd before. They had words. But after exiting his vehicle, the driver allegedly said, I'm going to kill you to okay. Kirkland. And followed through. Uh, no, no, no. Was, oh, this, the, is the, okay. this is the driver saying that. And when the two men were within four feet of each other, Kirkland allegedly pulled out the gun and shot the man in the chest with a Ruger uh, and uh, prompted the victim to say he couldn't believe Wallace Kirkland shot him. Witnesses uh, to the incident told authorities uh, they couldn't see any weapons in the victim's hand and the affidavit noted that the victim was both outnumbered and physically smaller than Kirkland and his neighbor. Uh, the, vi- the victim attempted to run to his vehicle and drive away but he lost consciousness and later died at a nearby hospital. Uh, based on multiple interviews by witnesses it appeared that Mr. Kirkland and the victim had several verbal altercations in the past. Uh, have you ever been a, on a dune buggy and ridden around on the dunes? Uh, I, I would love to. You have? I did it in uh, Pink Coral Sands uh, in Utah. I did I, years ago when I was a kid. It's dude, cool, isn't it? It was, it was awesome. And yeah. so we were following our guide, and our guide was not going slow. <laughs> and I thought I was going really fast, and right, I couldn't yeah. keep up with that guy. All right, one last story, and then our guest. The world's first vagina museum, mm. which was forced to close early Earlier this year, has located on a new, been relocated on a new premises. So, okay. But the London-based attraction must raise $85,000 by early June in order to secure the six-year lease on the new property. What's contained within the Vagina Museum? Uh, lots of vaginas. Okay. But can you imagine like the, yeah. what the uh, the doors must look like? <laughs> right, exactly. And the doorbell <laughs> as well. Uh, it it's is so far the doors. <laughs> raised. It's hard to reach. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get it, once you, you get it, it. yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so far raised 43000 thousand dollars with more than thirty two thousand from the public and eleven thousand five hundred behind the scenes. I find if you reach your arm under that in against the wall, yeah, uh-huh. you okay. can find you'll get a good reaction. What happens then? Yeah, uh, then the, the museum. entire building shakes. <laughs> <laughs> So it does exist. The, yeah, the, it, it's there. You yeah. just have you just got to look for it. Uh, the museum says <laughs> that it is a now or never situation and fears permanent closure if the funds are not raised. Uh, Florence Schechter, the director of the, I run the Vagina Museum, of the Vagina Museum, said uh, this is crunch time. We have every faith that we will meet <laughs> crunch our time with the Vagina Museum uh, within this time frame. So uh, last year they hosted uh, an exhibition called Muff Busters: <laughs> Vagina Myths and How to Fight Them, and they also had the uh, uh, exhibitions, periods, a brief history from A to V, uh, and they asked uh, uh, if they could get some help with this. So uh, uh, it kind of sounds like they have a, a fun spirit, dude. They were in Camden Market in London in 2019. When did we go there for the uh, for the Eagles game? 2018. Oh, we just I'm surprised the, the NFL Museum. hasn't linked up with the Vagina Museum. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's my last story in the bizarre file. For All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back in a second. Hang out. hate it when some jerk on the radio says, hey, Alexa, open MMR. Uh, did it work? No? Okay, well, maybe, hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. 
Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guests have a movie that secretly became available on Amazon <laughs> last night. Those in the know watched it. Found out, yes. Uh, they're promoting this film. They've both written it. One stars in, one directs. It is called Somebody I Used to Know. Please welcome Dave Franco and Allison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. To the Hello. show. I gotta, I gotta say, I-, I could listen to you report on the weather all day. That was so impressive. Thank you, thank you. Tears right oh, there. Right, I went to traffic. Yeah. He does a great weather report too, though. Sorry, sorry. I believe it. Well, I'm excited for your movie. I, I didn't, I didn't know that it was up there, but I did watch the trailer, and like, this is my type of movie. Well, it's our oh, kind good. of movie. We're, we're unabashed rom. It's a rom com, but it's different. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I would liken it to um, uh, my best friend's wedding sure. in a way, mm-hmm. but it takes it and tilts it. And I, I love that. I watched the movie last night. I really enjoyed it. And I love that notion of, um, like the, the Thomas Wolf, you can't go home again. But sometimes that's a good thing. If, sure. And, and that, you know, that you should have evolved a bit. There's all sorts of things. There's a review that I saw that I thought nailed it. It's a, a very positive review. It says, amidst all all of the scheming and comic relief, there is a smart and insightful character study about how people latch onto ideas and perceived ideals of the past. And that's kind of spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah love that review. Um, we definitely wanted to play with this, this idea of the one that got away, right? Yeah. And how often we kind of put so much on that person, uh, all the nostalgia uh, of joy and all this stuff. But maybe you're just thinking about a time in your life. Maybe that's the thing that you miss and not necessarily that person. Maybe it's the way that you actually were during mm-hmm. the time you know, when you guys were together. And yeah, we came up with the idea while we were in Dave's hometown taking a walk from his high school to his mom's house. Wow. Which, when we stay up there, uh, Dave... Which is where? What were you talking about? Washington? Palo Alto. No, oh, we oh, shot up in Washington. Right. We shot in mostly in Oregon, a little bit in Leavenworth, Washington. The film's set in Leavenworth, which right. is just like a beautiful town. A Bavarian like... Uh, yes. sl- yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But when we go to Dave's hometown in Palo Alto, we sleep in his childhood bedroom that still has, like, baseball <laughs> cards on the my wall. Mom, my mom hasn't touched oh, my room since trophy. I left. And so I have, like, you know, a Vince Carter poster only hanging by one tack on the wall. I got my, all my sports trophies still there. And uh, for a long time, I still had my twin bed in the room until Allison said, we need a bigger <laughs> bed or I'm not coming home with you anymore. <laughs> 
spent five years, the two of us sleeping in a little twin bed every Christmas. We're small people, but it's still very uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I love the ideas of, of uh, you know, that kernel of thought, uh, uh, getting the idea go rolling. Did one of you turn to the other and just go, we should write a movie about this? Did it happen that way? I think it maybe started just from our love of rom-coms. It started with the okay. genre where we wanted to kind of um, dive in that way. And this was at the very beginning of COVID lockdown. And so at that time, the movies that we were watching were more uplifting and optimistic. It was all we could really stomach at the time. And so we just turned to each other and said, you know, let's let's do our own version of that and try to put some positivity into the world. There's an absolute place. And that's the that's the, what they that's what they provide to you. you they, they, like, I'm, I'm a sucker for Hallmark Christmas movies. Amazing. I, you know, and what you do is you guys in the movie and you both, you know, obviously wrote it and were able to bring your perspectives, being involved with each other, you know, married and also, you know, the male female, the dynamic, all of those things. But, um, you know, you, 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 you go deeper into, um, into, uh, uh, sort of dismantling some of the tropes, you know? Sure. I mean, we were trying to channel the nostalgia of those great rom coms from the 80s and 90s that we grew up watching. Those are definitely my comfort movies. You're when Harry met Sally, yeah. Sleepless in Seattle, My Best Friend's Wedding, Pretty Woman, you mm-hmm. know, like all those ones that I go back to and watch again and again. Um, but we definitely wanted to update it with fresh characters, um, try to subvert the genre a little bit. And it's fun with rom-coms because people who love rom-coms are very familiar with all the rom-com tropes. So you can kind of, we, we really try to lean into them, especially in the first half of the movie and then surprise people. Yeah, it's like we, we use what we know and love about the genre to kind of lead the audience down a certain path where they might think like, oh, I know where this is going and then really trying to pull the rug out from them every step of the way. So let me ask you, does the dynamic that you have just naturally, you know, a married couple and in writing and so on and so forth, um, as you were bringing up some of these subjects, did it make you um, explore your own relationship a little bit more? <laughs> I mean, I think it, probably the reason that we work well together is that we like each other and yeah. respect each other and you know, again, writing this during the pandemic, and some of this is in the plot and the themes that we're exploring in the movie, was this is this time where everyone was taking stock of their lives, right? Yeah. We were all trapped at home being like, do I like where I live? <laughs> do I like who I live with? Right. Um, and we're lucky to say that we do, and we yeah. did. Yeah. So I we, concur. you I know, concur. <laughs> yeah. as I like have a death grip on his arm, right, honey? <laughs> um, but it was like, wove that in, that idea of hitting a point in your life where you're no longer wondering what your life is going to be, but you're sort of like, this is what my life is. Yeah. And yeah. then you have to analyze if you like it or not. Uh, there's, uh, you know, obviously when you guys are going out and doing some press, there's uh, some scenes from the movie come up. One that keeps uh, uh, been a common refrain to some of the interviews you do uh, is there's a scene and we have this in common. Alice and I have been streaking on a golf course. I mean, <laughs> great news. I love to hear well, it. Well, on a golf course, I did it. Well. Well, what was the context of your streak? I was at a wedding. Mm. Great. Mm. A friend of mine's wedding. Another similarity. Yeah. Now, have I ever told this <laughs> on the no, It was your joking. wedding. No, no, no. That was no. legit. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my buddy Steve and my friend Chet. Seriously? We got, yes. Lisek? It, yes. Mid ceremony? <laughs> no, 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 no. After reception. Dark. I maybe have done what? that too in Arizona. So not the same, not quite the same as you in the film. But I, but were I the have. three of you going full Will Ferrell in old school, being Running. like we're all doing, <laughs> and it was just the three guys. It probably ended up that way. I was so hammered. It's just bits and pieces are coming back now. Everybody, come out to the 
Well, there's there's a fair amount. Of, well, there's nudity in it. It's, it's I mean, there's you know, and it's 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 an interesting thing. And and uh, uh, there's there's also there's a lot of I th- I find very sort of um, uh, uh, it's not typical rom com comedy. You, you, so you sure. play a character named Ali, who's a reality show a food uh, dessert, dessert island. island. Yeah, and it's there's a hilarious scene where you're going through potential options. What was it? Um, what was the name of what pie hole? You're trying to come up with ideas of, of new shows. Pie hole, which was food you can f. Yeah, yeah, food oh. you can f. <laughs> we realized after the fact that there might have been a missed opportunity uh, where we could have had a, we could have begged Jason Biggs to uh, be the host of food yeah. you can f, where he yeah. puts his puts his member in different types of foods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pies, pies, yeah. most commonly. Uh, so it has that edge to it. Sure, yeah, yeah. but in, yeah. in, in regards to the nudity, I mean, we we love we love non-sexual nudity and just kind of yeah. normalizing it. And it was one of these things that, like, it, it came about because Allison was actually kind of a streaker in college. That's uh, right. I went to CalArts <laughs> in, in California, and when I was there, the policy was that clothing was optional everywhere but the cafeteria. <laughs> so, nudity was high. It wasn't like kids were going to class naked right. all the time, but nudity was encouraged and supported, and I had a lot of fun streaking and making my friends laugh and stuff like that, which is how it found its way into the movie. But the movie is really a celebration of self, right, at its core. No, and we're following my characters who goes from being a bit uptight and sort of hanging on too tightly to her life, to who she thinks she should be. And we're following her journey, getting back to her natural essence, her bare essentials, <laughs> if you will. So it just made sense as a great metaphor. And to me, streaking, there's just a lot of joy in it. Man, <laughs> it's fun, man. So it was actually you streaking? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. okay. oh, with your, with, your co- with the, the co-star. And the, Kiersey streaks yes, as well. Yes. It was a bonding experience. It was her first time streaking, and I'm yeah. an old veteran. I, I'm telling you, even even when the camera wasn't even on them, they were off camera. Allison was still fully <laughs> nude just to give them like natural <laughs> things to react to. And I was like, babe, you can put your clothes on now. I'm a professional. I want to help my yeah. fellow actor. Let's see Brando do that. <laughs> well, Dave, I was going to ask you if it was difficult to direct your wife in like a makeout scene or something like that. You know, a lot of people keep asking this and I, I realize, so my first movie was a horror movie. This is a rom- romantic comedy, but like the one common ground is I keep pairing her romantically with these these handsome, charismatic men. We yeah. don't know what says about us, but uh, it's one of these things where... I honestly, we don't really think about it too much. It's just... Also, also, even as you said that, you're like, yeah, you pair me with them, but we never have... We don't go full sex scene with no. any of the guys. Interesting. Even the kisses are not like full deep tongue makeouts. I'd be okay with that too. <laughs> really? That's our next movie. Next movie. <laughs> well, the, the movie no. you mentioned, right the itself. horror movie, is, is rental. I want to recommend that to people. Yes, it's yes. a really good horror movie. That kind, that kind of put you on the radar, at least for me. Yeah. As yeah. Far, and, and you're both obviously in that as well, but uh, on a directing level, uh, you have a great cast. So you have Julie Haggerty, you have Haley Joel Osment, mm-hmm, right. you have Danny, uh, uh, Danny Foody. Foody. From, from Community, who's great, and uh, Amy Sedaris, and, and a whole bunch of other people, faces that we know. Yeah. Um, so so when, when you're like a director, is your second movie, directing yeah. and writing, yeah. when you, do you call in favors, or how, how does that, you know, these are friends of yours, obviously. Some of them, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've just learned over the years to that it's, it, I, I work best when I'm surrounded by my friends and family, the people who I trust the most. I just feel, it just puts me at ease, and it feels like I can, I can take bigger swings and take risks knowing that there's no judgment and yeah, so you're being supported 
Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, on top of that, we just went out to the people that we didn't know. These were these were all our first choices, and we just yeah. got lucky. And we we uh, we really become hands on in the casting process, where we just write a bunch of letters Heartfelt to people letters. who we're fans of. And, uh, we, and yeah. you know, we wrote the script. Obviously, we really believe in the material, and I think we've learned over our time in the industry. It never hurts to ask. Just ask. Oh, the worst yeah. is that someone says no, they're mm-hmm. not into it. Yeah. But also, some of the roles, like you mentioned, Danny Pudi, we wrote that role for Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny and I have stayed really close since Community, and you can't fake that kind of history with someone. He <laughs> sort of plays everyone's best friend in the movie, uh, and it was so fun to be back on set together and just joke around back up to our old antics, and Dave would just let the camera roll. That's cool. And so a lot of that stuff that made it in, even some runners, like some comedic runners throughout the course of the movie were just us just joking and just fooling around. Oh, excellent. Danny's yeah. great. He's, he's really great on Mythic Quest as well. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I'm a fan of both you guys, Dave and Allison. It's really Thanks, cool to have you here. Thank um, you. And Allison, I loved uh, the TV show Glow. I, think, I thought it was phenomenal. Thank you. I got to have dinner one time with Mark Maron. He's a fascinating guy. Oh, and, yeah. And it was, uh, uh, but I'm curious as to what your experience was, was was with Mark over the years. Oh, I adore Mark. I love Mark. I, and I just think I always will. He's my curmudgeon <laughs> You know, he's my guy. I don't know. I think uh, it, I got to really see Mark's gooey center, especially because on glow. It was just like every day watching Mark surrounded by 15 women <laughs> in leotards and crazy 80s hairdos and we never shut up and Mark would try to like take his chair and put it in the other room. Like everyone's chairs are all congregated together oh, and funny. he would move us into the other room and then we'd just find our way towards him. Just d- dancing around him. Just like Mark, 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 Mark. He like couldn't escape the female energy. And it was actually really sweet. It was, I think we brought out a good side of him. The hair and makeup on that show was spot on. I mean, the outfits, they they, they really dedicated themselves to making it look authentic. We had a great team. Our hair and makeup uh, gals, actually, I worked with them on Mad Men. So they are like the tip top of period hair and makeup on TV, for sure. I have to ask you about the, this Leavenworth. Uh, mm. When I saw it pop up initially uh, uh, in the movie, I'm like, are they outside the prison? You know, where is this town? But this is like this, apparently, this Bavarian like, yeah. it's and a, it's yeah. like like all the, the architecture. Is yeah. it, how did you become familiar with this, uh, with this town? <laughs> yeah, my, my friend, her family has a house there, and so I went to her sister's wedding there at one point, and I just remember thinking, what is this place? And it just really stuck with me and it felt like kind of the perfect place for the movie because you can imagine people growing up there and feeling like, oh, this town is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's a little isolating. It's small and and feeling like I got to get out of here. I got to spread my wings. But also the type of place where you can imagine those same people grow up and look back and realize like, oh, this place was so special. It's so yeah. unique and quirky and beautiful. So, it's and like beautiful. a Hallmark Christmas movie town. Yeah. 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 But so, for real, like for real. that reindeer farm is real and open year round. Wow. <laughs> uh, the music Music, by the way, throughout the the movie is really unique. I, I have Thank a feeling you. both you, you curated yes, a lot of that. Yes. So, so what what goes into that process when you're when you're picking the songs that are applying to these? Because these are lesser known artists, but sure. it completely works in the movie. I think we wanted the music uh, to, to channel that same nostalgia where people, it feels familiar, but it's actually new. We're going right. to introduce mm-hmm. people to some new music. I mean, again, it was a lot of passionate letters again that we wrote to <laughs> yeah. some of our favorite artists, <laughs> yeah. sort of begging them to, to be able to put the songs in the movie. And and from a really genuine place, you know, we have an Alabama Shakes song in the movie, and Alabama Shakes is like, you know, our song is an Alabama Shakes <laughs> mm-hmm. song, so it's like 
that has a really special romantic place for us. Yeah, I mean, the the kind of unifying thing between the whole soundtrack is we, we wanted these songs that felt timeless and classic and um, whether they were new songs or older songs. And we, we got a really good combination where, yeah, we have some new artists, but we also got a Bob Dylan song, a Graham Nash song. Yeah. And uh, I'm just, I'm happy you pointed out because we are really proud. Definitely. No, it, it, yeah, really, we, it really works. Fought for a lot of the music. Yeah. And also like some, some throwbacks to just our adolescence, Third Eye Blind. <laughs> oh, you yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, that can get expensive uh, oh, putting yeah. in the songs yeah. you want. Yeah, oh, Amazon, yeah. baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to no, Amazon. We, uh, we really... We really fought for it, and they got some yeah. loot. Yeah, they backed us up. They, they were great. They were great. That's excellent. Cool. Uh, Dave, I have to ask about your character, Jack Wilder. And uh, now you see me. Rumor is there's a third film that you'll be reprising. That is that true? The rumors are true, baby. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> oh yeah. Now you three me. Now you three me. <laughs> I, did I you retain it. any? Because I uh, we really enjoyed those movies. Okay. Oh, good, uh, good. Yeah, me and, too. And uh, Jesse came by when they were doing the yes, press for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Here. Did you retain any of the the chops you display in those movies? You know what? I haven't kept it up. I'm not. I'm not the guy kind of throwing throwing cards at people all day. Yeah. But uh, I think it's like Every riding a bike. And yeah. If you like, if you give me a credit card, I could really do some damage in here right now. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Right, we'll do right. it. We'll do it once the once the, the mics are Slicing out. Slicing some bananas from oh, the yeah. room. No, truthfully, we can do it. Oh yeah. What comes your right, way? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Let me try to pop one you of these balloons. You can pop balloons. a balloon. Yeah. Oh my right. gosh. Let's see what happens. Oh, that'll be good. All right. Radio here. We'll get it. Get on the other side of me because I don't need anyone. You don't need to be slight. Yes. Anyone have face. one of those kind of heavier cards? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. try it. Like one of those uh, platinum wow. cards? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Allison, you can keep that, though, if you want. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> right, let's see what happens. It would be an honor. Shopping my Visa, my Visa card. Now, he's a Niners fan, so he's going to pop one of our Eagles balloons, unfortunately. But here we go. Oh, oh, oh right. He nailed it. Wow. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh. These balloons he's are good. impenetrable. Well, <laughs> pretty tough. Oh, oh. Wait, I hear it. Yeah. It's yeah. squeaking. Yeah. Oh. Yes. We have it did it. <laughs> penetration. There we go. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> he still got it. He still got it. Good wow. work, well, So let me ask, with this, and I think obviously it's, it's being received well, critically, uh, very solidly, uh, I assume you have another project in the queue ready to work on, or is that... You know, we do have a couple things. We've been toying around with an idea that we're writing, and we might, uh, you know, there might be something else percolating and that we would work on together in a different capacity. I'm thinking of like Mike Nichols and uh, Elaine May and they, the great I eight, love right? that yeah, very, wow. very flattering comparison yeah. yeah I mean that would be a nice uh, <laughs> legacy to carry forward <laughs> Absolutely. but the, the movie really rings as, as like authentic and real and, and uh, I really enjoyed it thank and, you, and I think you. And as a fan of rom-coms much. it's it's uh, it's well worth what, yeah. what are some of your favorites oh uh, all of the ones that were mentioned yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a sucker <laughs> you know what I love Blast from the Past and it's mentioned in the movie we I just mean, rewatched yeah. it recently yeah. Blast from the Past Preston and I love that movie yeah I haven't seen this film. I'm sorry to interrupt. I haven't seen it yet, but from watching the trailer and so, there's a great movie that I love uh, called um, This Is Where I Leave You. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's all that going home. It's for a different reason. Someone dies in the family. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I, I kind of get that vibe, and I love that. You know what's good, too? Is, uh, it's complicated with... Uh, oh, my yeah. God. I love it. It's complicated. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There was a time years ago, honey, do you remember, where we went to a concert, and we ate too many kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> 
just like weed gummies. Yeah, but they didn't and they kick didn't in kick in until, until we got back to the house. Oh, we were like, these are duds. Let's eat a oh, couple eat more. And then, of course, at like two in the morning, we were both like our bodies were melting. We thought we were going to die. And I just looked at Davian and was like, we have to put on it. It's, it's complicated. It's the only thing that's going to get me through this. That's great. That's, they, that's what they do. The comfort movie. Yes. yes. Wait, what was that's the concert it. where you where you were uh, having the gummies? Uh, I think it was Edward Sharp. Right? Edward okay. Sharp's okay. Magnetic, Magnetic Zeros. Zeros. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Can give right. you a sense of the timing of when this was. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch this this weekend, and we urge everyone to check it out. It's available on Amazon Prime. It started last night. You can watch it today, this weekend, whenever. Uh, and it is called Somebody I Used to Know. And uh, it's getting great reviews. Steve gives it a thumbs up. Absolutely. So it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Wonderful to meet you guys. Thanks for being Thanks here. This is really fun. Us. Thank you, guys. Dave Franco and Allison Bree Gang on the Preston and Steve Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in a moment. But stay with us. This weekend, 93.3 WMMR says farewell to 2023 with our annual countdown of the year's biggest songs. The MMR Top 25 Countdown. A two and a half hour look at everything that rocked Philadelphia in 2023. Great tunes from veteran bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, and even the Rolling Stones. To newer artists like Jelly Roll, The Revivalists, and Mammoth WVH. Catch it New Year's Eve starting at noon with an encore presentation New Year's Day at 3 from the station that's ready to spend another year playing everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Gary Barbera's on the Boulevard. Is Barbera the best? Boy, I guess. We are very excited to have our next guest who's going to be playing at Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight and tomorrow night. The shows are sold out. So this is... She didn't even need to be here. A gift. And you know her from shows and, and movies uh, like uh, Abbott Elementary and The Parent Trap and Bruce Almighty, but we're not going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about other things. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Lisa Ann Walter. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. Kristen and Steve. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. And I don't care that the shows are sold out. I was like excited to come meet you guys. You're legends. But we're huge huge fans of yours. I've I've loved you for a long time. I've loved you the various things you've done. You've always had a a sharp sense of humor. And I, I, you you know, and you actually, I saw you, you were, um, it was a uh, segment you'd done with a a, a person you'd worked on, a film you'd been on. I'm trying to make sure that we don't talk too much about you. That's okay. No, you can say it. Go ahead. Parent trap, and you, yeah. were, and so, um, and you had a great. Now, ex- by the way, he's being careful because we've got a, a labor movement happening, right. but it's fine. Well, Go it ahead. speaks to that because you talked about the for people, and we 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 have sort of been explaining the intricacies of what's going on right. here about how a substantial, a dramatic portion of the people who work in the industry are not, um, you know, rich, tremendously wealthy. <laughs> yeah, and the perception is even people who've done things. You pointed out. Hey, I, I, you know, I done stuff, and people are saying, "Hey, can I borrow a hundred thousand dollars?" Yeah, no, those are, those are my cousins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but expand on that if you yeah, can. So, yeah, so. Uh, you know, I think that there's an idea that if you've seen anybody in a movie or TV show ever, they must be rich. They have a butler. Yeah. They, you know, eat diamonds and aspect. <laughs> and and most people that work in my industry are like background artists. They're the people that you see standing around Tom Hanks. It's not Tom Hanks. Yeah. It's somebody next to, next to him. And they're making minimum wage. And by the way, this is an important thing to remember that if you're not in the industry, it doesn't, you know, why would you think about it? But as... 
network television used to pay a really good like price point, right? You could yeah. make a living even if you did like four guest stars a year. Right. As stuff went on and they went to cable and now streaming, they kept saying, how about you take like 50%? All right, we're going to take 75% less money because if anybody's going to watch this crazy streaming thing. Mm-hmm. So you work for nothing. And then if we, it makes money, eventually we'll pay you. And weird thing is they didn't pay us. Uh-huh. Like, it, it never happened that way. They and never reconciled it. They, they no never one, worked out a system. To this day, right. they still don't know how right. to quantify and, and it. And I kept thinking, if there was any other industry, right, like if you build cars for a living, and they were like, well, electric cars, we don't know if anybody's going to buy these crazy <laughs> things, these Teslas. So you guys work for 25% of what you earn. Yeah. And then when they are a big hit, we're still not going to pay you. Yeah. Right. Who would go for that? Right, like, right. It's, yeah. it's basically you're contributing sweat equity and never get paid. It's interesting you, you point out about the, you know, the back Background actors and so on like that. Yeah. There was this uh, a documentary that came out several years ago, and we've mentioned on the air a bunch of times. I think it was called The Guy Who Was in That Thing. It's about character actors. Yeah. And they also did a female version of it, too. Yeah. And so these That's are people me. that are working. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know that girl that was in that thing <laughs> that time. You, you know that person. You see them. You don't know their name, but you right. see them in several things. But even those people who are making a fairly decent living are going job to job and praying that they have another one lined up down the road. And not and they taking they their health made insurance. enough money. Yeah. yeah. Not making, not even making enough to make health insurance. Where yes. we used to have people, eighty-seven uh, percent of our membership does not make enough to qualify for health insurance, which is only twenty-six thousand dollars a year. So like, we could put that whole rich people in the business to bed. Cause right, it, it's not true. And I said this yesterday because I was at a rally over at Love Park. Yes, and I said, listen, up until Abbott Elementary. Me, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who's my co-star, one of my best friends now, God bless her. We were both single moms raising kids in L.A. And believe me, I was going into the day-old bread rack at the grocery store. You know, I was going to the 99-cent store to find stuff for my kids' birthday parties. It's not, you're not rich. You're and I struggling. Th- I think if you frame it also, and, and, and it's, uh, you know, these are, these are um, everyone wants, you know, or a lot of people want jobs in the entertainment business. So it's a dream, you know. It's, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's all fun. It's highly coveted. Right. Uh, but I mean, on, on that level, this is something that we all consume. It's entertainment that we all consume on a level. So it's it's not the notion that it's a money grab is is not the case at all because it is. Yeah, it breaks down. To, it. Yeah. So uh, kudos to you for for, for that, oh, and hopefully it accelerates. You know, with uh, with everyone. Listen, I want to go back to work. Yeah. I finally have. This is my luck. See, I'm a Sicilian, <laughs> and I am natural. I was born pessimistic. Right. Right. So I finally get a dream job <laughs> that I can't can't wait to go to every day that's paying me money. I'm like, my kids can go back to college. You guys, get get. you don't have to work in the weed shop. Get out of your bedroom. Stop gaming. Go back to school. I can afford it. And work stops. You've done the full work circuit. Like we're done. You've done the full circuit. You started, you, you always wanted to do theater. Yeah, uh, I did theater. theater I right. started as an actress. Then I did, I made a baby. Yes. Yeah. Whoops. Turns, <laughs> turns out that was something I knew how to do. And so immediately I moved to New York to do acting. Got Got pregnant, had the baby, and said, "Oh, I guess I'll do stand up because I can make humans. So what, there's nothing scarier than that, <laughs> right? Right. Get in front of a bunch of people and make with the funny. And stand up fired for you, it, like it, yeah. it, it, it got you noticed. It did, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because there was a. There was a boom at that time. This is late eighties, you guys. Uh, you you remember you probably oh, just starting yeah. here, right? Around that uh, time, we were nineties. Yeah, nineties. Yeah. So before that, you were in college. Uh, I'm, I'm, so yeah. you're saying yeah, I'm older yeah. than you? No, I hate how, you. And how, old, how old are you? If I may ask. 
Um, cut me open and count the ranks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 64. I am Al, yeah. my sciatica years old. <laughs> yeah, I want to use that. <laughs> I am. It took me 45 minutes to yeah. find parking for this club. I just got inside and I am counting the minutes till I can get my bronze shoes off. Years old. That's all. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I understand. That. Ladies oh, yeah. know what I mean. Um, you were going to stand up. I did stand up, and yeah. I was one of the only women doing it. I mean, yeah. back in those days, there weren't that many women, and there were no women that had kids. So I was like a, a unicorn. And I you was were married. Working, I had kids, and you were working blue a bit, right? So oh, real blue, yeah. So real so, blue. I was. I before it got popular, it didn't start with. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Steve. It didn't just start with Amy Wong. I yeah. was. Pre- I was doing stand up until three days before I had my daughter, my second child. I went back to work when she was five weeks old because I just bought a house. So I had to, you know, I was nursing, pumping yeah. into a plastic bag <laughs> and doing stand up. And I was talking about all that stuff. And there weren't any other women doing it. There were hardly or working any. Blue. Now, every right. girl, I, I like to say, you're not allowed to say the word that I want to say anymore. I'll get canceled. Can you describe <laughs> it? Sexually adventurous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> slutty? Slutty. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Say that. Oh what? I called no, Kathy no, a slutty no, yesterday. yesterday. He called me a slut the other day, but we were talking about but how. In friendship. In yeah. friendship. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I understand. I know what you're saying. There's been I'm a boom. chocolate slut. Is that all right? <laughs> there, there's been that a boom. Counts. That yeah. counts. I'm going to um, name my, my next restaurant Donut Slut. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There, there's been a boom in the past few years of female comedians that, that taunt a very loose sexual lifestyle. Yes, because Absolutely. every because the, the most carefree and adventurous sexual girl in every sorority, everybody's like, she's hilarious. <laughs> It's like you're not the first one to figure out oral pleasure, my dear. You're not, you, you did know, not invent it, but God, God bless. God saw, bless. Enjoy. I saw a documentary it's good on for a sore throat. Oh. Uh, I, I, I understand. I've never had a sore throat until I'm here. A documentary on Mom's Mabley. <laughs> People are crashing their car. By the way, that accident on the highway that you were talking yeah, about, yeah. On yeah. That I just passed it, and it's not on the side that's backed up. That's what you need to know. It's a caper delay. Uh, hello. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. It's, oh, my God. Look, an umbrella. <laughs> like, there's nothing going on on that side of the road. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Mom's Mabley. Mom's Mabley. And, and she, I forgot, she was legendary for working filthy. That filthy. was her thing. Yeah. But you could do that. Yeah. In those, and by the way, the other comics, this is for, look, if you're over 50, you will understand the next sentence. And if not, look yeah. at your coffee. Um, <laughs> if if you worked blue, you worked in Vegas. So there were people like Toadie Fields. Yes. And and not even Phyllis Stiller and Joan Rivers, which are the only ones you saw on TV. When I was a little kid, those were the only comics you saw on TV. Exactly. Toadie Fields worked in Vegas and was b- filthy blue. She was the one that all of the Rat Pack loved, all the mm-hmm. Sinatras. And, mm-hmm. and But you never saw her unless she was like on Hollywood Squares. You're right. So you never saw any female, female comics that worked that way. And in fact, I would go in a club sometimes having killed opening for this big um, uh, uh, soap opera star, Walt Willie. He wanted to do stand-up and he had all these housewives come and see him. So I opened and did an hour and did all stuff about having babies and sex and everything. And then I'd go back to headline the club and they'd be like, oh, women don't work blue here. And I would just go, good luck getting the headliner. And turn around. And they go, no, 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 we're sold out. I'm like, yeah, because it turns out they like what I do. Yeah. And you did an hour opening set? That's yeah. a chunk. Yeah. Well, Walt wow. Willie was not uh, he was yeah. not a stand-up. He was not a, at that time. Yeah. <laughs> he was very handsome. 
that's all. Yes, yeah. Everything you're describing right now is so reminiscent of the uh, show that Steve the Hacks, and it just sounds... Love the show. It's so great, and it yeah. just seems like that's your life in large respect. Yeah, a little bit, and and it's a great show. They wrote it beautifully. Sometimes when you're a stand-up, and I, and I know Godfrey was just in here, I'm sure, talking about the life, and you guys have yeah. talked to, I'm sure, thousands over the years. They don't get the life right. Like when they do the uh, the punchline movie with Tom Hanks, I remember yeah, yeah. they were doing a thing about being a stand up, and then he's got the biggest audition of his life. I'm going to try a whole new set. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> okay, yeah, that never has happened Not one time, Tom. You, you right. know exactly where the laughs are going to be. But Hacks gets it right. Love yeah. that show. Yeah, right? they have me um, on yet. You, you have an interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, we got to get you on there. Actually, you know, <laughs> we know you. Caitlin Olson. Well, oh, we should tell her to have you on that show. She's yeah, on that exactly. Show. And, right. and I bind her. We're like buddies on uh, Instagram. Come on, yeah, there you oh. go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm practically uh, a guest star. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's just working. Over, just in time for nobody we, to be working. We just brokered the deal. Thanks. Um, 10%. You, uh, <laughs> you produced, you've written, uh, you've done stand-up, you've done the acting. So you, you've you been in the Radio trenches. Radio for three years. Radio, yeah. Radio yeah. for three years. KFIM 640. Right. <laughs> How did you like that, by the way? I, I loved you, it. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I, I mean, to do what you guys do, I grew up listening to talk radio. So with my mom in the car, right? Dr. Art Lean. Again. Dr. Arulene? I remember Dr. Arulene. Exactly. Yes. We're going to talk oh. about um, arthritis cream in a minute, kids. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. Paul Harvey. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Paul that's Harvey, the stuff yeah. I grew up listening to. And when Did my we, mother listened to the same stuff. It's, uh, we yeah. couldn't get away from it. If it's in the car, that's what you were listening Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Right. What was your show? What were you doing? What was your type of programming? It was called The Fabulously Sam Walter Show. And you know, weirdly, because it was a news station. So you just read whatever came out in the morning, and then you did a bit about, you know, this this uh, congressional thing yeah. or that uh, local law. And I wanted to have a little more fun. So I would do like an entire Saturday for three hours, you know, interstitially, like not back to back of like, what was the song you lost your virginity to? Okay. Right, right. And yeah. then people would call in and we sure. would just talk about stupid stuff like that. Like, yeah. what was the toy you wanted for Christmas? Your parents never got you and you still hate them. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be a themed kind of. And then we talk about all the toys. What rides did you have when you were at the carnival? when you were a kid that could not survive today. Like the Gravitron. Yeah. Yeah, Gravitron, remember? Yes, it was yeah. the thing oh, that spun around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but now they have a harness. Yeah. <laughs> when we were growing up, there was no harness. Yeah, you you're just crawling stuck, around on the wall. You just yeah. stuck against the wall uh-huh. and prayed that whosoever vomit from the other side <laughs> held you to the wall. I that, saw that happen, by the way, one time. It was, yes. it was horrifying. Everybody has. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, you grew up in D.C.? I grew up, yeah, don't hate me, Philip. No, no, no. I love just, you. I'm curious as to. I love you. We barely have a football team. Don't hate me. <laughs> you keep giving us your leftover quarterbacks. Don't hate me. <laughs> Carson Wentz was great when he played with you guys. <laughs> well, what the hell happened? By the, by the way, we know you love Philly. In fact, we're prepared for that. Um, oh, if what's you don't happening? mind me breaking in here real I quick, Philly. To, to do no, this. No, absolutely. Did you get me a sandwich from Wawa? We <laughs> just, I got all the sandwiches yesterday, you guys. <laughs> we did a little better. We brought you. What? Hang on, they're bringing it in. Oh, Is look this food? We have oh. some goodies from. Uh, Isgro Pastries oh, and DeBruno Brothers. Oh my God! In South you Philly. Guys, this, <laughs> wow! And you think I'm not taking all this? I'm taking all of it. We have trays. Is there and a camera? Trays. Get my phone. Get my phone. Uh, fantastic food here for oh you two. Oh my God! Who? 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 Oh my God! <laughs> 
<laughs> I just turned to my right and saw an entire charcuterie board. Yeah, from DeBruno's. Okay, those cannolis, I'm going in. Look at I'm the cannoli. going Go in. in. Yeah. Come on in. The water's fine. Guys, <laughs> Have a little I bit. love you so much. This Look. is authentic South Philadelphia. I'm eating it. By the way, I know you've heard this countless times, but your accent, uh, your Philly accent oh, is you, spot on. <laughs> thank you. I yeah. work at it. Yeah. As you can hear, it's not my normal accent, but it's a little bit my normal yeah. accent. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Cannoli. <laughs> Phenomenal, right? Yeah. <laughs> just a little crazy. ASMR moment. Uh-huh. You hear the crunch? Do you yeah, hear the crunch, yeah, Philadelphia? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's good stuff. Preston, uh, Lisa handed me her phone to take a photo, and I opened it up, and she has a text from Cheryl Lee Ralph. Oh. Oh. It's because she heard that we had pastries. <laughs> Girl likes her sweets. You guys, my accent just got so much better. <laughs> so much. That's insane. You guys are so sweet. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Um, Don't make me leave right now. You don't have to eat this right no, now. We'll, we'll wait till the break. covered in cannoli break. <laughs> and then we can, <laughs> then we can dive in a little bit later. But um. Look, can I just tell you that I went to a bunch of, like, hoagie places yesterday. They oh, brought yeah. me around. They didn't bring me this, though. They, I got sandwiches from a couple places because I asked the people. I said, look, I've never had an authentic Philly cheesesteak. Like, yeah. everybody tries to make it. And it's the way I feel when somebody says they're having crab cakes. And then you get a crab cake and it's, like, got red pepper in it. Right. And it's not freak, the same. It's like, no. Yeah. Crab cakes have four things in them. Everybody like, yeah, yeah. It's got <laughs> crab, mayonnaise, Old Bay, breadcrumbs. A little egg to hold it together. Right, like, yeah. shh, sit down. But <laughs> when when they, they said authentic Philly cheesesteak, I said, where do I go? And I asked people. And it started off very nice. People had like, oh, you should go to Del Sandro's. You should go to, <laughs> you know, go to you know, John's roast pork. And I'm like, all right. I'll go, and then uh, and then it got it went left real quick. Uh, like people are like, if you don't go to Fink's, you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> you're an a hole. Uh-huh. Like you better get over there. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> thanks. That sounds about right. Did you happen to see when uh, when 95 collapsed? Uh, did you see the interview that they did with the guy? Oh. <laughs> no, no. Tell me, tell oh, me. Oh my was god! That? If we can grab yeah. the audio, this the Northeast just, Philly guy, yeah, right? Northeast Philly guy. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, the, the, he's on the news. And he's like, I don't know. Like, I just, I was passed out. And, you know, and, and then, like, but they, oh my one. God, I did see it. That was I real. I, oh my God, that guy, he was brilliant. He was I remember. Brilliant. But it, was, it almost seemed like it was a parody. It was like, yeah. okay, this is just a parody. Yeah, it's no, no. wind up on Always Sunny. Casey, <laughs> he, he then ended up, when the governor was there, when they reopened the highway, that guy was there at that press, press conference, and Governor Shapiro saw this guy, and he's like, hey, I know you from the internet. (laughs) Wait, the guy showed up on his own? They didn't just go get him? He was just hanging out there. Oh, I thought they made him like a special guest, like they gave him the scissors. (laughs) No. To open the giant scissors. And he's there for the press conference, and the governor's like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, get him up here. (laughs) Look, that guy. That's the guy. He's up on the screen. On that, I was passed out. Then then I woke up, and everything was on fire. (laughs) 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 We're grabbing the audio from that. I don't know. I was passed out. and He actually, there's a local comedian actor's name. Is John McKeever. He looks like that guy. Maybe and, it, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's no, not. Not no, the same guy. No. Can you imagine? No. Like that's your way in. You're just like I've been struggling my whole life, and now I got famous. Yep. Doing this character. <laughs> well, you you talk about. Go to the person, I was going to say. So Steve was saying you're from D.C. Yeah. And uh, don't hate me. No. 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 Wait, where is is uh, family still there? I assume you don't live in D.C. Anymore, no, my right? family was all New York. That's the oh. other side you could hate me from. Okay. <laughs> but she lives in Baltimore. Only one well, right? You're Baltimore. My sister, my sister lived in Baltimore. One of my characters on a show I created did, but no, my family was all 
my mom's Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, Italian girl. Yeah. They started off down in Little Italy in the city, and then, you know, they moved kind of, they spread out. So a lot of the family is on Staten Island now. Some's on Long Island. I, I often talk to because I'm from New York, and yeah, my grandmother lived in, on Staten Island. Staten Island, God bless Staten Island. God love but it. But for Christ's sake, it's the worst traffic it's on It's the her. worst. It's the worst. It's an island. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> You want to get there, you're good, but you're on the Verrazano yeah, Bridge. Yeah. Which, or ferry. By the way, once they pay for the bridge, they're going to do away with the tolls. That's, you know, that's the... Uh, When's that going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Didn't they build it in, like, 1940 or something. <laughs> right, right. It's a story that they told years ago. Oh, okay. Do you get back? I mean, obviously, with the success yeah. of the show. Yeah, I've always gone back. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, I can't stay away from the East Coast. First of all, West Coast annoys me. It's, I mean, a little bit. I don't mean to be like yeah. everybody craps on LA. I'm not, uh, uh, and I'm going to continue that trend. Because, <laughs> only because, like, it doesn't look beautiful. Like, I, people are always like, California's so beautiful. And I'm like, no, green is beautiful. That California is like, it's a desert. It's brown Nor- dirt. Northern is. like um, Bra- Northern is beautiful. Yes, like yes. Lake Tahoe. That's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not a big fan of the terrain. I like the East Coast better. And I like the people yeah. on the East Coast are my people. You know, I'm not as laid back as L.A. people. You mean uh, people like this? Dude. So I was passed out, and I woke up to nothing but text messages, phone calls. I had no idea what was going on. And I got dressed. I came out. I looked down, and I smell like a smoky smell. And I'm like, this is crazy. When did you figure out and realize that the freeway collapsed, the North Island side? Oh, dude, I was passed out when that happened. Can <laughs> <laughs> I reiterate that I was passed out when that happened? He could have said I was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Not passed out. Uh, uh, and I was naked. I want to make Make sure you know that I had no clothes on. Not <laughs> <laughs> dressed. Oh. oh my God, he's my favorite. Why hasn't he been in here? He should have interviewed him. Should. <laughs> they're, authentic, they're authentic, though, and that's what I think. You're probably drawn to the same type of people that you know. It, it, it just loyal. That's it. Salt of the earth people. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and the people that like I met yesterday who just stop you and you know I love you. And yeah. I don't want to bother you, but yeah, I, I you're not bothering me. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. You'd be shocked to know how not bothered I am. If I wanted to be ignored, I'd be home with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, and I wanted to ask, uh, family-wise, growing yeah. up, uh, how many do you have siblings? Or I have you... I have an older sister and. And two younger uh, half brother and sister. One of my half sister lives in the Philly area. She's oh, coming to the show oh, tomorrow cool. night. Now, yeah. your older sister did she kind of uh, does she have a similar personality as you, or way different? She's yeah, similar personality in that she's very social. Like, she has way more stuff. The girl never sits still. Like, she always has stuff she's doing with friends. She's always traveling and stuff. Like, I'm more of a, let me, if I'm not working, I'm sitting at home watching trash TV. I'm, mm. I, I got TLC on. What are you I'm watching? watching. Mm. Oh, God. All right, can I fess up now? All right. 90 Day Fiance? <laughs> yeah. Oh! I'm a 90 Day Fiance. That's his, oh. his wife. Was yeah. I love the 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> you and your wife and me would get along just great. She loves it. That, I love the I love the doctor Doctor Pimple Popper. I can't right, stand I'll, that. I'll get caught up in that. Oh. I can I can even t- eat and watch that show. See, no. see? Oh. and that is I talk about this in the, on the show. This is America, and it's not political <laughs> parties, ladies and gentlemen. It's the people who love Doctor Pimple Popper, <laughs> the people who are disgusted <laughs> by the, the disgusted people party. Who love. Yeah. What about yeah. the foot one? Have you seen the foot one? The, uh, yeah, the foot one's okay. I'm more about the. I like Squirting. the I like the thousand pound uh, best friends. Oh right, which right. I think they mark on because it's four 
four girls, they're all over 500 pounds, should have called it ton of fun. Yes. Oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love naked and afraid. I love. <laughs> I love. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love bar rescue. Oh, was yes. that crazy? John, John Taffer. Yeah. I love him. Angriest man in America. He's so mean. He's so mean. I find he's, always, he's always got that one hand shaking. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going to slap a bitch in a minute. And he's a big dude. He's, he's huge. giant. Yeah. Oh, and, and he walks like he can't get his legs together. I find it so funny that people. His area is so packed. <laughs> the people in your industry will fall in love, that some people will fall in love with reality television, like Jennifer Lawrence loves yeah. the Kardashians. Well, that's not really reality. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, but that's John, like her John, weekend. She's just watching a repeat of her yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. John, John Hamm loves The Bachelor and all that. Oh, no, he, wow. he loves. Uh, he's a. He's a um, Vanderpumper. He's Vanderpumper. That's, that's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, John Hamm likes that? John yes. Hamm. Like something I should start watching. Do you know, I was in a movie, like I was the female lead in a movie. It was a little independent movie. It was John Hamm's first movie. Is that bizarre? Uh, yeah. It was called Early Bird Special. Did you Early Bird Special with Ray Walston, Ray who Walston. was my favorite Legend. Martian. Yes. And my favorite yeah. my favorite Martian. His last movie, John Hamm's first movie. Ray Walston, for people who don't remember that, he was Mr. Hand in uh, Fast Times Return That's Heist, exactly right. right. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. A slightly more modern reference. Thank <laughs> and, you. And still old. <laughs> and still extremely old. Wow. <laughs> don't uh, be dead. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Han. Oh, so that, that that cracks me up. It's, it's almost like a Rorschach test when you hear what the, the the kind of shows, the reality shows that people are yeah, into. Yeah, um, I like all of them. Yeah. Who's the guy? We had mentioned this the other day on 90, Fian- 90 Day Fiance who has no neck. Who? Oh, Ed. Like, Ed. Ed. Big Ed. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Big Ed. I'll tell you anybody. Miss <laughs> 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 Debbie from Georgia, she was 65, fell in love with a 24-year-old. She was like, <gasps> I'm 65 years old, but I love him. That's <laughs> 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 This Debbie is a riot. That's great. Wait, That's Nick awesome. Offerman is in this movie you're describing as well. The, uh, the early bird special. Yeah. What did he play? He played Laredo. Uh, John Hamm played redheaded cop. Are you that kidding? Was him. Yeah. Wow. Standing behind me at like a, a burial or something. You were Janet, it says I, here. I, w- I would have never remembered that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's what happens when you do independent movies. It's three weeks of your life. And yeah. you're just like, what? When did I... Did they pay me? Right, yeah, that's the big question. <laughs> I do remember that they. I still have cannoli cream on my hand. No, by the way. I was going to like it. Some, uh, well, no, no, I'm going to. I want it. You want it? Yeah, I think they never completed that movie because the producer on it was. Um, I think he thought that an actress went with the gig. Like, if he produced the movie, paid for the for the movie, uh, an actress was going to like give him. Uh, Happy time! Wow, happy time in the trailer. Wow. Well, that, yeah. Like literally, was standing over me when I was taking a nap, and I would wake up and he'd Jeez. be standing there. Like you could tell this story on Oprah, <laughs> how you had to a producer to get the movie made. What? And I'm like, dude, I just started a TV show. Like I don't have to. Yeah, but you're not paying me really good money. Wow. Yeah, it was wild back in the days, kids. Wow. Yeah. It was wild. Okay, yeah, that Me Too stuff was real. Yes, uh, oh, just, absolutely. You're just tuning in. Uh, Lisa Ann Walters here uh, playing Helium Comedy Club. The tickets are sold out, by the way, for, for the shows. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come see me. I'm really funny. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to other Heliums, though. Okay. Yeah. They got me in Portland in uh, on Labor Day weekend. I'm at the Portland, um, Oregon. Besides everything that's going on now, obviously, with, with the, the, the strike, yeah. in your normal schedule, do you still 
manage to maintain a stand-up tour schedule? You well, can. I just started going back out like meaningfully right. this year at the hiatus. So right. when we broke the show in January, I was like, I had been doing spots in the clubs in LA, you know, the Laugh Factory and uh, Improv Comedy Store, all the showcase rooms. And that's when I started putting the time together to come out on the road. So I hadn't been doing it while we were in production. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. No, that's I, cool. I want to go back to work, but you know, it's a weekend. You can always manage a weekend. Well, yeah, but also you're working the whole week and then the weekend. That's you know? all right. <laughs> but you know, it, here's the difference. Like when we talk about people who want a career in this business. Yeah. I love doing this. Yeah. I love it. You know, I love doing the acting. I'm in a cast on my my show that is the best I've ever been a part of. There's not a weak link in the bunch. Mm. Everybody is incredibly talented and they're also nice people. So I don't mind hanging out with them all week long. And then the weekend is comedy where you might not meet as many nice people. <laughs> but but actually it's the audience. I just love I love uh, making people laugh. That's you why talk, I got into the business. You talk about ensembles and, and I mean you, you are currently with a stellar ensemble. Uh, Janelle Jones, right? James. Phenomenal. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. And, yeah she and, was a stand up. Yeah. And uh, and just just is is a scene stealer. She's she incredible. Is. Yeah, she uh, Quint had to fight for her because the network, really? they, but they didn't know her. And you know the business is very much like, well, you know, how many Instagram followers do they have? And like, mm. will people recognize her and come to the show? We want to make sure people come to the show. So we got Cheryl. Oh, it turns out people still love and remember Lisa from the Parent Trap. Yeah. Like, who else can we bring in? And it, a lot of the cast was not an A list. Quint was not an A person that people would tune into and what they tend to forget when they're putting these things together is if the show is good you know it's magic yeah you know, people nobody knew uh the always sunny people yeah. except for uh whatchamacallit devito yeah. yeah but he wasn't even in it and he, was, he was second that's season right. yeah. that's right yeah. you're right so uh, there that, you that, go yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It, it's lightning in a bottle it really is yeah. and it, it's it's a fascinating thing to see everyone firing on all the cylinders it, those you talk about those legacy shows that have managed to achieve that and it's and a lot of shows fail attempting to pull that off and never quite do. Yeah, so, yeah. that's true. You're yeah. right. And there, and also I think shows fail because they're trying to be something. Like, they're working really hard. Like, that thing was popular. Like, we saw a bunch of shows get made in this last season or get uh, uh, developed that was like, it's Abbott. But in a hospital, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's Abbott, but in a vet office, like, right? You know, that's what happens. Except they're all a thousand pounds or more. <laughs> they're all, like, they're all, everybody's over five hundred pounds and they have pimples. Well, like, Lisa, we we have a special guest who's calling in what? right now. I just want to mention again, Lisa Ann Walter. You know her from Abbott Elementary and, and all kinds of great things. But Stop. we now have on the line. The guy who we just played the clip of, <laughs> the mayor of Mayfair. This is him again. Dude, so I was passed out, woke up to nothing but text messages, phone calls. And uh, he's actually calling in right now. Uh, his husband. name is Pete, and he's on the... Hey, Pete, are you hey. there? Hey, what's happening? Hey, man, <laughs> hey, man how are you? I'm good, brother. How are you guys? We're doing good. Congratulations on your on your fame that you've achieved. Yeah, it's a little something right now. Nothing too crazy. I've been working my ass off, so I haven't been on social media too much, but it's been pretty cool. Listen, I, you, you're so unique, and I think people just immediately liked you because you're, you just came across as that guy who was there, didn't know quite what was going on, and then uh, and 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 now you're on the radar of, of a major celebrity as well. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I, everybody's telling me I'm like a Philly legend. Like, bro, yeah, they I say the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, I did. Hey, Pete, Pete, 
do you watch? Do you watch? Hey, how you doing, Lisa Ann Walter, the <laughs> famous person that you probably don't know my name. Do you watch Abbott Elementary, Pete? Do I watch? No, I actually do. What not. is wrong with you? Why are you I'm the sorry. enemy of joy? I, I thought we were watch, getting married, Pete. I don't watch TV too often. No, I you're work passed so out. Much. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? What's your What's your job? I do heating and air conditioning. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you work hard. No wonder, like, yeah. when you said you were passed out, wasn't because you were wasted. It's because you were tired and you're doing heating and air conditioning. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I was, I was right, working. I was doing a whole side job, but, yeah, I was, I was aired. Wait, was what's tired. your side job? Chicka, chicka, bow, wow. <laughs> I, was, I do, uh, so I do valet on the side for a buddy of mine. He owns a business. He's a hard-working guy. This is guy. a hard-working yeah. man. Guy. From, nice. are, you, are you single, Pete? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. Hey. A choice or what happened? I, I mean, eh, I'm just single right now. <laughs> All right. You like playing around. Yeah. Pete's famous now. You can't. I bet you you cannot go into a bar without people buying you drinks, right? Uh, well, actually, the thing is, I'm sober. People try to buy me drinks, and it's just like, nah, I'm good, bro. But oh. I appreciate it. I'm sober, too. There you go. I'm telling you, it's a match made in heaven. You, you guys Do you ever here. want to be stepfather for kids? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a no. That's, I get the same response I get when I'm dating. Have you ever been to a helium comedy club before? <laughs> uh, actually, no, I haven't. Oh, uh, we got to let. We got to get. Yeah. Gotta get yeah. We yeah. Can, can we get some it. seats for him? Hey, Pete, do me a favor. If you would, you would DM the the club if you want to go we'll, to the we'll, show. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get his info. here. We'll get his information, and we'll see if we can get you out to see Lisa because uh, you you certainly deserve a night out, man. Oh man, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, yeah, no we got to get you out, man. Yeah. You're a hardworking dude. We're no big doubt. fans. I love that. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and by the way, how was it to have the uh, uh, the governor point you out? <laughs> so he actually, his social media team actually hit me up the night before. They're like, uh-huh. "Oh, we want you to come up and get some content." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." <laughs> so I go up there and then I'm standing <laughs> in the crowd, and he's like, "Yeah, you're that guy." And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing I get in my job. That was in the thing that yeah. time. Yeah. But we listen. We got a, we got four plates full of uh, food from where is it? Uh, oh, from all the Bruno over. Brothers. Yeah. Bruno Brothers. Yeah, Bru- uh, we got pastries and uh, and salami. You guys, <laughs> we'll bring you some. You so, need some of this. We'll get your information and get you all set up. Yeah, hang on, Pete, okay. and uh, thanks for checking in, Bub. We appreciate no it. Doubt. No right. doubt. Appreciate it. Guys. All right, there you go. He's the mayor of Mayfair. Pete. Yay! Yay! That's we'll a good it, dude. Get him out to your show. Oh, you're see? Sold out. Right. And everybody had him pegged like, oh, he was like 15 Jaegers in. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's just exhausted. That yeah. man is tired. Yeah. He works hard I trying to that. keep you all clean and hot. <laughs> cold. Right. And park your car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got we got to wrap up, gang. But uh, Lisa Ann, it has been wonderful to uh, have you here this morning. Thank you. So much fun, you guys. And uh, take as many cannolis as you want. <laughs> thank you. you. I appreciate it. I'm, just, I'm eyeballing that in a Napoleon. Please, <laughs> please tell everyone, uh, Quinta and everyone, that we uh, we adore the whole thing. It's great. I, I will. love I, how it represents Philly. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you. I will. I'll tell her. Usually she hears everything I do yeah. and then I get a text. And tell her, <laughs> uh, Lee Ralph, that I loved her and it's a living. Ah, uh, yeah. Hang on, you're going to text her right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to see it. if she picks up the phone. Hang on. Are you going to oh. call her? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> Let's okay. see if she answers. Oh, she's been our speaker. In a second now. Who are we calling, Case? Shirley Ralph. Shirley Ralph. Super talented. Watch, she doesn't answer the phone. She always answers when I call. She's with Pete now. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl! 
No. Oh, shoot. You know what? She's what? probably in the middle of an interview. She oh. told me she had an interview today. All Damn right. it. Sorry, everybody. All right. You, you tried. That You're a bad. trooper. I thought I was going to pull a, a Pete. <laughs> Bringing a special guest star. Well, Phoned it. Have fun. So I'm going to leave here with my head hanging in shame. Oh. <laughs> Enjoy your time in Philly. I'm having a great time, you guys, seriously. You. And, the, and the crowds are awesome. Thank you, Helium, and everybody who's coming out. You guys are fantastic. And we appreciate it. Lisa yeah. and Walter, guys. Yes. Thank so yes. stay with us. It's a scientific fact. People like free shit. And at WMMR.com, you can find out how to score yourself some of that, like concert tickets, autographed gear, and even cash. Become an MMR VIP to get extra chances to enter online at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at Acme Swoopin' and Win Game.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. A Pennsylvania man accused of hiding out in a woman's attic for two days told a judge the woman wanted that kind of attention. Really? Yeah. Then Mar- it all works out. Maurizio Guerrero. Uh, took the stand on Friday in his uh, trial, and prosecutors have accused him of sneaking into the home of a woman he met on OnlyFans in 2021. He like having a background. <laughs> and of uh, taking pictures of her while she slept. But Guerrero testified that he thought it was part of the dynamic of their relationship, <gasps> saying that she wanted him to be obsessed and a stalker and that she liked it. Now, he might actually not be too far Are you kidding? On Thursday, the victim testified that she was often drunk when talking to Guerrero and does not remember much of their conversations. Guerrero explained what he recalled from those conversations, saying, we talked about meeting up, about me coming up between... Uh, between that, we talked about having intercourse, he said. Prosecutor said Guerrero made six unwanted visits to New Hampshire, with the victim mostly refusing to see him. But she did testify that they met one time and had sex. Oh. Uh, she also testified... So, uh, obviously, you got to live in her attic now. That she kept... Yeah, he's... Yeah. he's- Trust me, he's, he's out of his He mind. jumped that bridge. Uh, she also testified that she kept communicating with him because she liked how it made her feel. Yeah, like he's living in the attic. The defense said Guerrero believed that the two were in a relationship based on their conversations and asked him on the stand how he got into the house. He said it was the back door. When asked how he did he re- how he did it, he responded, I tried to use a crowbar. <laughs> 
It's all about so the back door with She her. gave him a crowbar instead yeah. of a key. Yeah. And said, just let yourself in the back. I want to move in with you. Here's your own crowbar. Uh, the trial is expected to continue oh my God. next week. A brave 13-year-old girl fought off a shark while being attacked at a Florida beach Thursday. And now she's sharing her heroic story. Ella Reed was sitting in shallow water with her friend near a jetty at Fort Pierce Beach when she suddenly felt a sharp pain on her side. Uh, she said the shark itself was so powerful. That was what it felt, uh, what I felt the most because it was hitting my stomach really hard. Uh, she punched the shark as it approached her. But shortly after the shark swam away, it ended up swimming right back to her. She said it wouldn't leave me alone. So I had to use my arm and use my hand too. So it got my arm and finger. After being approached once again by the shark, Reed immediately called for her mom and brother. Reed's mother said that she was in shock after seeing the shark swimming around her daughter. She said it was insane because she was totally covered in blood, pretty much from head to toe. Well, now it started. So she couldn't really see what went on. Oh, man. And uh, she was uh, shaking, but she was calm. Uh, She ended up getting 19 stitches after being bitten in the stomach, arm, finger, and the top of her knee. Fortunately, someone on the beach had a possum with a bomb and it pressed Oh, Oh, saved the day. Uh, Reed believes that she was bitten by a bull shark about five to six feet long and is at home recovering. Bull Reed, sharks are the deadliest sharks. Reed said that she is proud of the scars she has because she knows that it could have been so much worse. Man, that's a, that's a miracle. A longtime New York City news anchor was fired from the local ABC affiliate after he allegedly called his co-host the C-word. <laughs> Ken Rosado was fired earlier this month after making crass comments that were caught on a hot mic. So Debbie's people, off today because she's a C-word. Uh, so people heard this. Yeah. And that's the reason he's getting fired. He probably wouldn't have if he just casually called right. his co-worker, right. uh, his co-host, the C-word. Uh, which, by the way, that's Sherilene Alca- Alicott. Sher- Sherilene Alicott. She's from here, right? used to work here, Yes, right? yeah. absolutely. So originally it was thought that he made a racist comment, but his agent vehemently denied those claims. The station has yet to comment publicly on Rosado's dismissal. Uh, Rosado's former colleagues were about were told about his firing on Friday in a series of one-on-one meetings, and they were not told what he said. Uh, he started with uh, ABC New York in 2003 as a freelance reporter. 2007 was given a shot at the anchor desk and remained there hosting this morning alongside Sherilyn Alicott. Uh, his presence has been scrubbed from ABC <laughs> New York's uh, website and social media, including a profile segment that was done on him in September of 2020. 20, so. That's that's hilarious. You, and I, when you catch those moments, I used to have the clip of uh, Sue Simmons from New York. Uh, who yeah, was, for you, doing. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to just love that. I loved that clip. Wildlife officials in Colorado had had to euthanize a young mountain lion this week after the animal swatted and injured an 11-year-old girl in a rare attack. Uh, the child encountered the animal in her family's wooden hen house Wednesday night at their rural home. As she entered to check on the chicken coop, she found a dead chicken. Uh, the small sub-adult mountain lion was still inside the wire mesh coop and swatted the girl, uh, leaving her with a puncture wound on her face. Uh, yeah, he could easily kill her. Uh, responding wildlife officers quickly euthanized the animal. The child was surprised that the, uh, the likely surprised the 30-pound young female lion, which was probably feeling threatened. Uh, they believed that it was a defensive swat rather than stalking type of attack because the animal did not pursue the girl. Uh, the child was treated at the hospital and released. What's the status of the chicken? The chicken is dead. I'm sorry. Uh, All right. (laughs) Are you okay? I'm fine. Okay. The chicken. (laughs) 
I'm adding him to the list. <laughs> Officials are investigating whether the animal Simone. had rabies. Uh, highly Jack. pathogenic uh, avian influenza. Pepigenic. Or <laughs> mamagenic. Or another infection that may have influenced his behavior. But uh, attacks like this are apparently rare. All right, and then we'll do uh, one more. And this is a quick story with not a whole lot of details, but just weird, man. A person wielding a sword cut off a man's hand on Saturday evening in Riverside. Police responded to a report of a severed hand that was found on the sidewalk. Just hanging out. Yeah. Just walking along. Yeah, dude, you pick it up and <laughs> yeah, yeah. wave at somebody. Hey, look what I found. Hey, from Adam's family. Around the same... Are you lost thing? Around the same time, a man in his 60s came into a hospital missing a hand hmm. and said someone with a sword cut it off. I wonder if this is that guy's hand. Uh, the victim was sent into surgery and is expected to survive, and no other details were immediately available on Sunday. How would you identify your own hand? Yeah, I'm sure they get, they'd probably have a bin of hands. There. Maybe yeah, so, yeah, that yeah. you could dig through and eventually find. You know what? Uh, yeah, I wonder if you'd be able to pick out... If we have pictures hand. of... Yeah. of 20 hands, yeah. and one of them is yours, do you I, think you could pick your own? I think I, I would 100%. be. 100%. Yeah. Oh, I could do it. I, because I have vitiligo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have any identify. Maybe because of my, my fingernails, I could probably Don't look too hard that. right now. We're going we're we're gonna, gonna, to do, do this. Don't look at your hands. We're going to take pictures. And Not then, right now. Yeah. Don't look and study your hands. Yeah. I ha- Me, I'm too obvious. Kathy's my got vitiligo spells out Steve. Yeah. I could still, with no manicure, I could pick out my own hand. All right. All right. Um, this story made me think of uh, what's the movie you made me watch after so long that I uh, I didn't watch it. Uh, I departed. The Departed. Yes. Yeah. Where he takes the hand and scratches his face with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Messed up. All right. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. We'll come back in a second. So stay with us. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning Mummer costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. The trash business is old mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Well, rapper and OnlyFans personality Bad Baby got her new boyfriend LaVon's name tattooed on her chest. This tattoo is forever, Bad Baby shouted to reporters as she entered a clinic to have it removed. Hey! <laughs> Kylie Jenner and also secret boyfriend Timothy Chalamet were spotted sharing a taco in her car after attending an art show on Friday. Chalamet was reportedly seen on his stomach eating the meat while Kylie laid on her back holding the lettuce out of the way. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and finally, Will Smith was all smiles on the set of Bad Boys 4 as they officially began shooting the movie on Wednesday in Atlanta. Smith says it was a joy to see so many familiar faces and then slap them. I saw this interesting article and uh, one of the reasons I want to bring it up is because I personally have a story uh, to share in this and I wanted to see if anybody else does. But the question at the uh, top of the article is, have you ever pretended to sleep to get a break from your kids? 
Yes, according to a survey, parents with school-aged children, 34% have faked a snooze and 40% have hid in the bathroom. Every every night at about 8.30, I fake sleeping. Uh, You fake sleeping every night at 8.30? Because because otherwise, he comes in and he thinks it's like party time and we're going to hang out. I'm like, I I gotta go to bed. Uh, Have you ever fake sleeping for an adult situation? Well, this is what I wanted to throw out there and, and not just for parents who have pretended to sleep, but I wanted to see if anybody have any stories of, of when they have pretended to be asleep and why. There's a scene in uh, in the beginning of uh, the movie City Slickers yes. where uh, Daniel Stern's character would sleep just to just so he could ignore his wife. Uh-huh. They're like, look at him. He's, he's not asleep. He's pretending to be asleep right now. Bill. There was, uh, there, and, and this Reading this article had had rekindled this memory in my mind that I had completely forgotten about. I was probably maybe a freshman in high school, maybe even eighth grade, all right? And so uh, my really good friend at the time, Dave, Dave Court, uh, he and this girl that lived down the street had decided that they were going to have sex. Ah. Okay. This is the first time ever? Yeah. We're talking about eighth grade, dude. Wow. Okay. Wow. So... Uh, they had decided we need, to, and and the thing is, is when when you're young and and you want to explore these types of things, the the difficult is difficulty is finding a place to do it. Right. Okay. So there was a house in Dave's neighborhood that was being sold. Okay. So nobody lived in it. Uh, there was still furniture and things like that in there, but Dave knew how to get into the garage. Okay. So they were going to go into the garage to do this. Now you're thinking, what do I have to do with this? Right. Dave, and Beth are going to be there. I went in there with them while they were going to do this. Well, you, we, you, this wasn't a cuck situation. Okay. No, I wasn't invited oh, to be okay. a part of this. All I right. mean, I was invited to be a part of the sex thing. For some reason or another, I was invited to be in the same room while this happened. <laughs> what? Wow. So we go into the garage. <laughs> They're kind of making out and doing their thing. A ways away from me. I'm in another part of the garage. It's dark in there, by the way. So there was, you know, I guess just the light from the windows or whatever. And so it was really awkward to me. Here I am in the same room with two people that I know. They're about to have sex. I'm only in eighth grade. That's why. And so I pretended to fall asleep. I even snored on purpose. You fake snored. Yeah, I fake snored. I hear them laughing at me because they're like, oh, my God, I fell asleep, you know. So you sold it. I sold it. Part of it, I guess, is because I wanted them to go ahead and have sex and I wanted them to be around there. It gets better. It gets better. So they start doing it. We're laying there. And the garage door opened. Oh, oh God. God. No. Dude, I <laughs> jumped up and hauled ass oh, out of there. Oh, my it. God. I'm not really I ran, <laughs> ran down the street. So, because I didn't want to get busted. I didn't know who yeah. the hell was coming in. All right. Any idea? Were they caught in the middle of a, of a, uh, of a thrust? I don't remember how it all played out. Because you were running. I ran. I ran back to Dave's house. Eventually, met up with those guys, and they ran out of there too. I don't know if we. I didn't see anyone. I just saw the door starting to open, and I think I went out the window that we came through. Oh my god! And so I, I guess they did the same thing. And I, I saw Dave later on. I kid you not. And he, he was wearing. It was in the yeah. summertime. He's wearing shorts, and he goes, he goes, dude. I and I'm standing up right now to show you guys. He goes, I ran out of there so fast, and he. Pulled up his pant leg, yeah. and he still had the rubber on. Oh, my God. 
So was this memory uh, repressed until recently? I guess I never really dude, you I just did, hadn't thought about did, it. There were so many things weird like that from my childhood. It's I it, I lived a weird life. But anyway, um <laughs> I had just kind of forgotten about it. But you sold it apparently very well. Yeah, they did it. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, didn't were you, get, they didn't get the finish. Were you? Uh, yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> were you fake sleeping um, in part because you thought it'd be titillating to hear them having sex? Uh, well, you, I knew they were. You could have walked. No, I knew they were going to do it no matter what. Okay, and and, and I did it. And just, why were you asked? I don't remember, man. Oh, yeah, we were all maybe. friends. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. But but I remember I did it just so they would kind of get on with it because it had oh. been we had been in there for a little while. Right. But you, I meant as a turn on for you. No, 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 no. I oh. mean, I, I, I don't. I was just curious. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't like gonna. No, I wasn't gonna sit in the corner and pleasure myself or anything like right. that. Oh, yeah. But I just, I wanted yeah. them to to oh, yeah. to get to move along. Well, and I so, think in so this I case, sleep, and I thought it might make them feel more comfortable. This isn't the result of this is a very mechanical thing. They wanted to get, they wanted to have their first time. They planned, and it. so you're, hey, let's go, all go do this. It's so weird though, and that you were able to sell it. Can you give us your your snoring? What what level of snoring were you? It was like a light snore. It was like, <laughs> I mean, I, it, it didn't sound he as really what time did it was like that? Not like this. Like, <laughs> the three Stooges. No, no, I hate that. By the way, yeah. <laughs> what time of day was this? Uh, it was the middle bright daytime, dude. Oh, so you didn't like need two o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, it was <laughs> like I was running down the street. <laughs> I, uh, all right, I, uh, yeah, I have a story. Okay, and it's similar, except I was Dave. I was I was the guy with a girl, and this was in college. This was not eighth grade, so maybe a little more age appropriate. But who uh, did you invite along with you? Uh, I didn't invite anyone. Here's here's what the deal was, uh, Steve. We were 21 um, and went to Key West for spring break. Casey, I think you went to Key West. I did. I mean, you were 21 as well, right? So it was a party place yes. where you could go where there weren't underage people because it was still Florida. I was right. 20. You, okay, that's right. And you got in trouble. No. All right. Uh, no, but I did pass out standing up straight. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's another story. Another story for another time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we, Steve, so I'm, uh, I met this girl. We, we, um, she actually ended up, she went to Bucknell as well. We went back to the hotel room, and my, my friend uh, Ryan uh, Smurf Sherry was passed out in, in bed, uh, or so I thought. Okay. And so I started um, ha- having um, a good time with the girl that I brought back to the hotel room, and he had pretended the whole time that he was, in fact, passed out. Uh. The next day, revealed to me, Preston, and this is why I asked you this question. He was enjoying oh, no. being in the room. <laughs> no, it was. It wasn't that at all. Okay. And, I, and I would admit it to you guys if yeah, that yeah. was sure. indeed the case. But I, because we admit everything on this show for crying uh, out loud. No, it wasn't that. It I was, think it'd be awkward as hell. Yeah, it, and it was. And yeah. I think that's part of why I did that. But you just he just mentioned you just mentioned a scenario that I guarantee you goes on. Oh, I know it happens in, 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 in fraternities and sorority yes. houses where the 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 the, the room. Roommate, bring someone back, and there's got to be quiet. My, you know, my, my roommate is it's, asleep. It's got to happen constantly. It kind of pissed yeah. me off and weirded me out a little bit because I thought that he was passed out. And like the next day, I'm like, dude, this, you, dude you were great. High five. Yeah, right? It was really, you yeah, were, dude. Hey, I've, I've you done got it. Talent, bro. I've done it in the same room with other people yeah. many times. Yeah, yeah my buddy Thanksgiving. Uh, he, yeah, he literally almost fell off the top on trying to like <laughs> watch me. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 this is the 
And he was, so he's like leaning over. over. And he was hanging over. And he told me about it the next day. I'm like, dude, that's hilarious. Yeah. Hi, guys. Yeah. So, but my wife and I, we always think like we're sleeping when the dog lets us know that he wants to go out. In fact, I had to give her a high five the other day because I felt the dog breathing in my face yeah. two Saturdays ago. And I was, quote, unquote, sleeping. And then I just hear her go, Reggie, get over here. Oh, you're the best. Case. Yeah. So, Cupcake, my yeah. cat, Cupcake. So, I forget about it unless, like, on the weekends, I sleep a little later. During the week, I'm waking up well before Cupcake wakes up. But I will be there, and I'll hear her. She, she can't meow. You just hear. <laughs> so she's coming in, and she's, and I'm hearing, I feel her walking across the bed, and then she'll She'll like be right by my face, and I will fake it, and I'll try to keep my breath, you know, regulated and everything. And she'll she'll put her paw on my chin for a second, and then back on again. And then if I can sell it, she walks away. Yeah, you open your eyes, you're yeah, you're gone. Uh-huh. Hang on here, I got some calls. We're gonna go to uh, Jody first of all. Hi, Jody. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Love you guys. Oh, uh, we love you. you. Thank you, Jody. What's up? Um, well, one time, some of my girls, back my high school friends, like, we'd come home on break or whatever. We'd always hang out with these guys. One of the friends dated one of the guys. We'd always hang out in their crappy apartment. And one of my girlfriends, it didn't take much for her to hook up with whoever, really. So I kind of went in the one guy's room and passed out. And she came in with, and he wasn't, like, the most attractive one of them all. And I don't know if they knew I was there or not. But they, and let me mention, it was also a waterbed. So, like, I totally, totally, like, now I'd be like, guys. And he's like, let me get that out of here, you know? So I just lay there like a freaking, like, I don't even know if they knew I was there. I don't know what they did. I don't know if they did the deed, but there was definitely sounds and things. And I just, so then they got up and left eventually. And then I just made my way out. And then she like totally denied it to everyone. I'm like, I, I, I heard, heard it. it. I heard it. The tide was in. Oh my God. And it's... I think she probably still denied. Well, we're not friends anymore, but she'd still probably deny it this day, you yeah. know? So, so like, it was just awkward. Now I'd be like, guys, come on, I'm 44. Let's. Move on. Yeah, a, a waterbed. Yeah. A waterbed, by the way, you can be, be hard to. You had a waterbed for a while, Preston. Yeah. It, it sloshes like a crazy. Free flow. Yeah, yeah. waterbed, it, and it's yes, it's. There was nothing sexy about waterbeds <laughs> whatsoever. It was sold as that way. Yeah, no, it worked against you. It, yes, yeah. I, I, I've been on waterbed. Never, never did the deed on a waterbed. But there, there's no, there's no torque. There's yeah. no, yeah. yeah, there's no resistance. Yeah. Uh, in college, people, I think, pretend to be asleep all the time. And it just reminds me of that scene from Forrest Gump yes. where he's feeling Jenny's boobies. And, uh, oh, and then, then something happens. Yeah, yeah. And then they pan away. And to the, the roommate. And the roommate is standing there yeah. or laying there, eyes wide open like, what the <laughs> heck is going on right now? I think I ruined your roommate's bathroom. <laughs> uh, I don't like her right away. Uh, so, according to this poll conducted, on behalf of uh, Family Dollar, they said they found that uh, child care must include, well, that doesn't have anything to do with the sleep. No. Uh, parents say that they have, uh, having an extra set of hands like a grandparent can help save the day. But if you don't, then uh, something like your sleep is a nice out for that. Yeah, you know, you can, and, and also pretending you're in the bathroom, too, just to get a break for a minute. Well, it's, like, it's like Paul Rudd, and this is 40. He's he's constantly in the bathroom oh, yeah. just to get away. Yep. Hang on a second. Let me go to uh, Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. We had a lot of mics on the yeah. show this morning. Uh, Hi, Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, bitches. Hey, what? <laughs> what's up, Mike? <laughs> hey, this is great. 
So I'm like 20, 21. I'm in my first apartment with a bunch of buddies. There's like six of us, and it's on the first floor, so we've got like a sliding glass door entrance. So one day we're sitting around. We may be smoking some funny things, and another friend comes in the sliding glass door and says, Hey. Oh, we lost him. We lost him. Buddy, we... act like you're asleep. Hold on, Mike. So Mike, Mike, Mike. Back up to the part where you said smoking funny things. You guys were uh, breaking up, or you were breaking up. So there's like six of us in the living room doing the thing, and a buddy comes in the sliding glass door and says, hey, Chris from up the street is about to come in. Everybody act like... Oh, we can't. Oh it's got to be act like Everyone you're asleep. act like you're asleep. Okay. All six of us pretend to be asleep. Chris comes in the sliding glass door, stops, says nothing. And you just hear the sliding glass door close, and he left. <laughs> and he left. He sold it. All six. You were all on your pretend sleep game, Kathy. You, you guys used to yeah, do that, totally. right? Yeah, Pretend you're sleeping, and yeah. then every like in every situation, every <laughs> scenario, every person in the room. Yeah, we would do it all. No the matter time. what, like even in the middle of the day, oh, anywhere. My, uh-huh. my brothers, my cousins, like all of us used to do it. I don't know where it's. Show started. me your pretend sleep face. No, you would just go pretend you're sleeping, and everyone, no matter where you are, you just put like put so, your head down like you were sleeping, and. Honestly, it stopped because I used to do it with Jace, and I'd be like, pretend you're sleeping. And he'd be like, no, why? I'm not tired. I'm not sleeping. And I'm like, he, why for me? He won't do it. This is a this is not exactly the same thing, but it's a play on this when uh, uh, Caroline was a cheerleader and the squad was, um, yes. uh, they'd be like acting up or something like that. Uh, the coach would have this phrase that she taught them, which was, Andy's coming. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. it's a play on yeah. Toy, Toy Story. Story yeah. And all the kids would oh, yeah. flop to the ground. I love it. And it would get them to calm down because they thought it was funny. Yeah. yeah. And it would get them to calm down for a moment, right. a, a minute. But it was hilarious to watch them. Andy's coming. <laughs> and boom, they would hit the ground. I love that. So it's kind of like that. Uh, we should Kat. do that at our next meeting. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> Will's Every walking in. Bill walks yeah. in. <laughs> And he's coming. I would. I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. All right. So let us take a break. Stay put. We'll be back in a moment. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. So you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 